Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Thank you for tuning your ears into Real Trap Shit, Trapaholics, We Make It Look Easy, Walk With Your Boys. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Okay. The one and only Sacred Icon Show. <laughs> That's where. You never know uh, what we, you're going to get on the intro. Where we talk all things Halo. But if you're tuning into this particular episode, you're tuning in to Oddball. Where we talk about things outside of the Halo universe. And man, oh man, Lord and ladies alike. Lord, Lord and ladies alike. One Lord, one, one man listening. Uh, <laughs> it has been a long time coming. We have done some Star Wars episodes in the past, you know, something that's very near and dear to my heart. But Hargus always pays his debts. And it's time we do a fun episode. For my dear friend Brian, and we head to Westeros to talk a little Game of Thrones. I'm your co-host, Joshua Hargis, but you know what? There must always be a host in Winterfell, so joining me to take us through this and, you know, percolate some enthusiasm is the one and only Brian Arvett. Josh, I'm really excited to have the floor to talk about Game of Thrones for a long time, because Hell I feel yeah. like... I feel like there's no there's no room for good conversation with it on anywhere else because everyone wants to just hit on the same notes. But now it's on my podcast, so I can talk about whatever I want and can't be interrupted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Josh, every time I picture, every time you do the oddball, um, the oddball sound, I picture. So like, there's this scene in Game of Thrones where uh, I'm sure you know that Theon, Theon Greyjoy at some point Ramsay cuts off his his junk. Like you know yeah, about that. Yeah, right? I remember that. Well, later on in the show, I think it's the it might be the final season. Maybe it's season seven you haven't seen yet. Um, but there's a part where he gets in a fight with some people, and they're beating the crap out of him. And he's he's finally gets his comeback moment when they try to kick, they try to knee him in the balls. When they knee him, it doesn't hurt him at all. 
and then they knee him again and it doesn't hurt him at all and he like slowly looks up at him and he like smirks and then he beats him up and I'm like every time you say oddball I picture somebody like kneeing you in the balls and you're just like oddball and then you look up and your eyes roll back in your head and you're like you start like just beating the shit out of them and stuff. brings a whole new meaning to comeback. That's right. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, uh, guys. Brian is a huge fan of Game of Thrones. I, I I was at one point a huge fan and I I fell off. Um, and I still have yet to finish it. And we're gonna get into more of that. But uh, I actually think I think my real first like uh, notable and imp- like uh, conversation or impression of Game of Thrones actually was you, Josh. I'm pretty sure. Really? It was, uh, it was the year we met. So 2011, that was the year Game of Thrones started. Oh, it was. Holy shit. You mentioned to me, like, the show being really good, but then you told me that, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested in it because Sean Bean, you know, he looks like Boromir. And And I was like, like, oh, well, he dies dies in the first season. And I was like, oh, not interested in the show. Did I I spoil that? Damn. Yeah, you did. Well, you, I think you you probably, in typical Josh fashion, you probably asked me if you could, if you, if I wanted spoilers. And I was oh, like, I don't yeah. care. And uh, that, so that I was like, yeah. Better. That sounds better. I don't think I'm going to be interested in that show if there's no Sean Bean, which is completely wrong, of course. But I ended up starting it, I think, 2013. End of 2013 is when I started the show. Okay. But yeah, Josh was watching it first, um, but he saw it. He hasn't finished it, so, you know, nowadays. Yeah, to preface, to preface, I, so I watched, uh, I caught up on every season, every episode, and all that stuff as, as much as I could. And then because I was watching it with my mom, and that kind of became a bonding moment where her and I could watch that show together. And uh, it wasn't until like the f- fifth season, I think it was, where she moved. And um, she's not too far away, but she's about an hour away. So it got difficult for us to try to get together and do that. And I just haven't watched it since because I thought, oh, this is something I'll wait to do. My mom and I will pick this back up. Well, when I was recently over visiting her guys, um, and I was just talking to her about Game of Thrones, and she she mentioned offhand that she had just recently tried to, you know, was trying to get back into it herself. And so basically once once I heard that she had, like, kind of crossed that threshold of starting to watch it herself, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to start doing that soon because Brian has been on me this whole year. Josh, I can't wait till you watch Game of Thrones. I can't wait till you finish it. When are you going to watch it? When are you going to pick back up on yeah. it? How are you going to do it? So, yeah. Well, I think I think you'll I think you'll be much closer to me in how much you like it than you will be to the people who hate it. Um There's I can't a lot of I can't hate it. Yeah, I can I can see you having, you know, a lot of the similar opinions that other people do about how it ended and stuff because mm-hmm. I know you're the kind of Josh is the kind of person who's like you gave me five endings. How about twelve endings? Like, give me more. Always give me more. And I think the, one of the biggest criticisms of the end of Game of Thrones is that it seems clearly like there was a room for about another ten episodes that they just didn't do, which I'm sure will bother you. In a sense, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it, to be fair, it bothers me too. I mean, I think that was definitely a, a problem. It should have had more. It should have had a little more episodes. Like, I by no means, and we'll get into this as we go on, but I by no means think that the show's flawless and ended perfectly or anything like that. But I think that the show was very good all the way through the entirety, all eight seasons. I, I can acknowledge some of those criticisms, like, you know, it could have been longer. They could have touched on this more or whatever. But ultimately, I thought the show was amazing. And I think the quality of the show in the beginning and the quality in the show at the end were still relatively similar like i know that the beginning seasons were based on books and you know that made it you know a little tighter and a little better the writing better and whatnot but you know i think this is like you know this show was praised as being one of the best shows ever made for the longest time and then as it got to around season seven but mostly season eight the conversation kind of shifted and i think it's ridiculous. feels like it's faded into obscurity for a, for a bit there but uh you know this is going to be a pure enthusiasm episode of Game of Thrones because we love Absolutely, it. Dude. Yeah, even though Brian's and, uh, a bigger fan, I still love it. 
I so love I, that. I, when I met, uh, well, not when I met Erica, when I was about to marry Erica, so 2019, it was, you know, uh, we got married in June. Um, you know, yes, th- I was that mad. was right around the time. I think it was right before we got married. I think yeah, it was before we got married, the final episode of Game of Thrones aired. Mm-hmm. So I, the show concluded right before. But since we got married and, you know, moved together, lived together, we have been to so many like hot topics and nerd stores and game stops and bookstores and stuff. And we have seen all of these stores have an abundance of Game of Thrones stuff right. that nobody's bought. I mean, I have I can literally go to a store now that I went to two years ago and see the same Game of Thrones Funko still for sale. Nice. And same Game of Thrones. I was just in bar that her books a million with mom the other day, and I actually saw a Jon Snow action figure, and I was like, oh, Brian. <laughs> There's actually at the at the uh, Barnes and Noble in Davenport. There's actually there was a stuffed uh, Viser, Viser, is it, I'm saying it right Viserion Viserion. There's a stuffed Viserion, the the dragon that the Night King has, a stuffed animal of him. Oh, and I wanted it really bad, but I kept telling myself, I'm like, dude, you're in your twenties. Why do you want a stuffed animal? But I was just like, it's so Shit, cool. Ain't like, nothing wrong with that. that. I still got my dude. Where's he at? I still got Appa from Avatar oh, around nice. here. So yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, so Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, so Josh was kind of the first one to mention it to me, and, and for a while it was just in the background to me. It was like, oh, it's just that show that has Boromir in it, basically, because he so shamelessly <laughs> looked like Boromir. Yeah. Um, but then I think it was fall of 2013. For some reason, me and Creighton decided like to to watch it. So I went to Best Buy and I bought the Blu-ray set for season one and the Blu-ray set for season two. And the Blu-ray set for season three was a couple months away from being released, so it wasn't out yet. Uh, so basically, when we started watching it, it probably would have been about six months after the Red Wedding episode premiered, where everyone okay. freaked out. Okay. Um, and when we started watching the show, I fell in love with the show immediately. The one thing that was a was a put off for us was the gratuitous sex scenes. And the funny thing is, is like back in 2013, I was more like I was less in tune with my faith, so I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, I don't care, I'll just watch this stuff. And even watching it, just being in the room with my brother watching these gratuitous gratuitous sex scenes is kind of just like yeah that's kind of weird and like do we really need that <laughs> so i was never a huge fan of it but then as uh-huh. time went on i decided to like i don't really want to watch that stuff so like when i watch the show now i skip over those scenes i don't really think they add anything to the show I, oh i, I put it in was, slow motion i'm sure you do josh <laughs> wouldn't be surprised um <laughs> but then as the show went on like the last four seasons they they dial that way down anyway so there's not much of it in there but the first few seasons were pretty gratuitous with that but that was always kind of a a sticking point. I know, like, for some people that was a selling point, but, like, I just feel like everything I love about the show has nothing to do with that. You know, I love the setting, the characters, the story, the dragons, the, you know, the nice watch, all that stuff. You know, it never was about that. Well, talk talk to me about it, dude. Like, whoa, you said you pretty much liked it right away. Where was the moment for you that you just, was there a particular moment? Like, by the end of the first episode where you're like, yup, I want to see what's next. I okay, mean, like, well, Rick and get like pushed, the, it was, I think Rick and got, it gets pushed out the tower, yeah, right? Or yeah, it was uh, Bran. Bran, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bran gets pushed out the tower, and the episode pretty much ends. Was that for you, like, oh, oh, shit, kind of moment? Um, yeah, it was no shit moment. I mean, when I watched the first episode, I was immediately could tell that I liked the show and I was into it. I wouldn't say it became like a favorite of mine t- right away. Like at first, it was like, this is good. I'm gonna watch it. And I think I was such a, I'm such a high from Breaking uh, Breaking Bad as well that like, and it's funny because Breaking Bad, like the source material of that, like you know, meth dealing and drugs. I have zero interest in that, but the show was just so good that it Mm -hmm. didn't matter. Um, But I'm still kind of reeling from Breaking uh, Breaking Bad. I keep wanting to say Breaking Benjamin. I have to stop myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So blow me away. And then you just see like a van get blown up from the show or something. 
<laughs> um, but no, so like I was still like, oh, this is good, but probably not, but not as good as Breaking Breaking Bad, you know. Um, and I liked it a lot. I watched all season one. I watched all season two, and then of course, once season two was over, I was like, damn, I have to wait like 60, 90 days till the third season comes out. And I remember when the third season came out. Josh and I had both pre-ordered it, and without knowing it, we both made our own Facebook statuses that said "Winter Came" with a picture of season three. And we weren't I don't copying that. That's awesome. I'm sure it's no, not like you had a picture that said that, and I had a picture that said that, and I never saw yours, and you didn't see mine. It was just the same time. Ah, uh, same mind. Uh, it was yeah, predetermined, so, written in the stars. Yeah, guys, to give a little yeah. context too. I mean, especially for for some of you who might be our younger listeners. Um, that was still at a point in time when streaming hadn't really fully taken off yet. Like Netflix and Hulu were out there, but you know, most of the stuff we have today wasn't really quite branching yeah. out yet. So you had to either watch it on HBO cable or you had to, I think they had like HBO now or no, no, no. It well, was like no, HBO. Actually, yeah, H- the app. Which, which is the one going on? Now? Is HBO now Max. HBO no, no, HBO no, now is HBO no, now. Yeah. No, no, Back no. Back then. So about halfway through Game of Thrones, they launched HBO Go. Yes. That, that was, was the a one service. That yep. Which was a service you could use if you paid for the cable. So that's what I ended up doing halfway through the show. What I had to mm-hmm. do was I paid for the channel, Same. but only watched it through the app. And right. then they kind of, I think they retired that. Now it's HBO Now, which is like a Netflix streaming. That's Max. Yeah. It's Max. Yeah. But so, yeah. So basically, like, uh, so that I got season three when it came out on Blu ray, watched that for the first time. Of course, season three was amazing, blew me away. Blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Turning into a bigger Breaking Benjamin episode. I, I know, it. it's a Breaking Benjamin I, I, episode. Yeah. Um, but then, so after season three was over, I was like, man, I can't believe I got to wait now for, you know, season four to premiere. And then I remember when season four premiered, that would be the first season that I watched live as it came out. And I remember talking to our friend Justin, we mentioned before, and mm-hmm. me and Justin were like, this season's probably going to suck because most shows cannot, like season one, two, and three were just 10, 10, 10, 10, like just gold. Hell yeah. And me and Justin were like, there's no show that can maintain that quality that far along. And then, of course, second or third episode of season four, that's when Joffrey dies. Like Dot chokes out at the wedding on poison. And 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 me and Justin were like, holy shit, it seems like they're going to pull this off for the fourth season too. And then we, we finished the whole fourth season. And the fourth season was just as good. I mean, I would argue the fourth. If somebody said fourth season was the best season, I could say I could see that. So yeah. the first four seasons was pretty much gold. Josh, look, you have something to say? No, I'll actually wait because uh, I want you to keep going on what you're going through. But then I think we should just go through each season and just kind of talk about. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Seasons, um, so. But yeah, but yeah keep so going. I'll wait. Season season four was the first one I watched live. I remember like going over to our friend Kyle's house, or it was his apartment at the time. It was me, Justin, and Kyle. We were watching the episode with. Uh, with Oberyn dying live and all that stuff. And so I watched season four live. I watched season five live. I watched season six live. And then I, there was a big gap in time between season six and seven. That sounds um, right. They took, they took longer to make those. Um, so and I, I didn't watch seven when it was live. I was different place in life, busy with other things. And then before season eight came out, I watched all of season seven and then I watched season eight live. So only one I didn't. So I didn't watch the first three live, and I didn't watch seven live. The other watched the other ones. But um, yeah, I always loved the show. I was, you know, I wasn't uh, on board with the criticisms about. There was even a little bit of criticism around season five about how it wasn't following the book anymore, so it wasn't as good. But I didn't really feel that way. I thought, I mean, there were so many miraculous episodes that came out past season four. I mean, season five had Hard Home. Which was uh, where uh, it's like a, the one-on-one kind of stare between the Night King and John for the mm. first time. Um, you know, season six had the Battle of the Bastards. You had the episode called "Hold the Door," where you find out how Hodor got his name, which was just—I remember when I watched that episode, I was like shocked at how, 
Like, I, I mean, I was probably being a little hyperbolic even, even though it is a great episode. But I remember watching the episode, and I thought, this is brilliant. I was just, like, stunned by the quality. because It was a good know, it was damn. You've been watching the show for so long, and he, you know, all he said was Hodor, and everyone called him Hodor, and he didn't think much of it. You just thought, oh, he's he's kind of dumb. He's you know he's stupid or whatever. Or he's big dummy. And then you get to that episode, and it's like, wait a minute. So Bran, as he was trying to become the three eyed Raven, he went back in time and said something to to I can't remember Hodor's real name now. It's forget I'm, I'm forgetting. I'll look it, it up while you're talking. But, he said he made a command to Hodor in the present and the past at the same time, and it like kind of crossed the wires of time and just completely like mutilated his brain, and then made him just like seize out, saying "Hold the door, hold the door" until he became Hodor, uh, which was just it was just a crazy scene. And of course, he dies in an episode, which was uh, really sad. Yeah, dude. Oh man, I'm trying to find his name. I actually can't find it, but. Um... Yeah. Any, I, uh, anyway, uh, Philip or something. I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. but anyway, yeah. that was a damn good episode. That was damn good. Yeah. Television. So, still stellar episodes going forward. I mean, season seven, season seven had less episodes that were that quality, but the episode where um they go and try to they try to in season seven they try to go take a white. You know, a white is the undead that follows the White mm-hmm. Walkers. They try to capture one to bring back to Cersei to show her that the White Walkers are real. And in that episode. Uh, Daenerys loses a dragon and it dies and falls into the like icy lake. And then at the end of the episode, the Night King pulls it out and revives it and turns it into his dragon. And I was like, "Oh, that's some shit. Skyrim shit." Oh, dude! It, oh yeah, there's so many Skyrim moments in Game of Thrones. You feel like they like almost like waxing on, waxing off of each other. Like <laughs> I remember in season four, you see these skeletons get reanimated, and I remember in the moment, Justin was sitting next to me. We were both like, "Did they pull this out of Skyrim? Like it looks like a Skyrim Draugr." Looks exactly <laughs> that's like cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I could see that now. That I want to think back to it. Huh. Yeah, Brian. Was, was there a cool. reason, uh, actually, why they actually shortened season seven? Did they say have any reason behind? You know, that? I don't know. Like, I know, like the haters would be like, "Oh, they shortened season seven and eight because they were sick of the show and they wanted to get over with so they could go work on Star Wars." I think you know, and that's that's kind of you kind of got me on a uh, like a broader topic now. I think so many times right, we'll fans they like to have this like they like to paint this like broad stroke picture of why a thing happened. And it's never that simple. Things are way more nuanced than that. It's not as simple as one day uh, Dave and Dan Weiss, whatever from you know the, the directors, they woke, right. like they just woke up and they went, you know, I really want to work on Star Wars, so let's rush this shit out. You know what I mean? Like, And it, not to mention, if you look at season seven and eight, even if you don't like those seasons, the level of quality and the, the, the acting, the, the staff, the amount of people that worked on that to bring that to life... That is so – that's not something that you just crap out. Like I can – you can make an argument for like maybe they tried harder in the first half of the show than the last. But like you don't get the quality that you got from season seven and eight as a show. I mean this is a show that people said like it basically rivaled movies, you know, $10 million an episode. You don't just la- – lazy is too strong of a word, okay? Like I just – I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> that stuff's really good. You got me on a soapbox there, John. No, no, no. But, you're yeah, good, I don't know. The season seven was seven episodes and then season six – was eight, uh, six episodes, or I'm sorry, season eight was six episodes. My bad, I got that mixed okay. up. And normally um, but, it was ten. Normally it was ten. But the right? thing is, I'm pretty sure if you add all the time up, like if you take season seven and eight and you add all the screen time up, hmm. I think it's, I, I really should do it to just like confirm it, but I'm it pretty sure it's, out. it's damn near close to 20 episodes worth of content. Okay. Like there's several episodes in season eight that are 
like an hour and a half to two hours long. I'm telling you right now, 20, 21 minutes into this, and I'm already feeling that itch. Like, I want to go start episode one right after this. Dude, Give me some lunch. dude yes, please. <laughs> and let me know everything that you think. Just update me live as you watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look at my phone constantly and text you. Yeah, I but I guess this. before before I kind of system because you said you want to kind of go through yeah, the seasons. Like, yeah, before be I do that, like, I just kind of want to cover get on my soapbox about the the end of the show and the, the yeah, final season. Yeah, let's talk about it. The elephant in the room. Yeah, cuz basically like that's that's the com- that's the only conversation you see happening about Game of Thrones nowadays. Is right. it's just the show was good and then it sucked and I hate it and it's ruined and I can never rewatch it again, blah 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 blah. Um, I just I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think it's asinine. Yes, this is my opinion, but you know, I, I think it's fair to be disappointed with the final season. I think it's fair to think the show wasn't as good in the end. I think it's fair to just express your disappointment. I know people in our community that are very level headed, like Prianchu, who he didn't like it either. So like there's people like that that I you know I you know, I can't really, I can't broad generalize everyone who talks about Game of Thrones. It definitely does seem like most people aren't level-headed, but there are level-headed people who still didn't like it. I mean, it's it's all opinion, right? But uh, I think the the level in which people try to paint it as it's objectively bad and it was objectively ruined and everyone was lazy and no one cared, um, it's just ridiculous. You know, I, I bought the collector's set that has all the behind-the-scenes stuff and even behind-the-scenes stuff that happened, you know, before and after season eight. And it's very apparent that the crew loved the show. The actors loved the show. They wanted it's a it. It's bad to think about what Ke- uh, yeah. not say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Wrong show. Uh, Amelia Clark, what she was going through with some of her uh, trauma and shit like that. I can't remember if that's on the behind the scenes oh, yeah. or some he, other yeah, thing. He, I think that was early on in the show, though. Like, yeah, I don't know now, but I just, oh, man. Phil, or maybe halfway so through, great. I so can't nice. remember. Yeah, some, like, it was like a brain aneurysm. Yeah, it was something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, if you go, if, like, if you Google search and stuff, like, cast reacts to season eight or you can go on youtube and you can yeah, find I people made videos a little bit of that because they, they were like advertising that documentary that was going to come out and i was like nope can't watch it until the till i get through the whole show that's going to be my uh, victory lap icing on the cake is to watch yeah that. no it's and it's a, it's a good but it looked good, good. it looked too, damn good yeah I, I really enjoyed it but like people um people will make they'll take a bunch of clips and they'll try to make it seem like the whole crew hated the final season of the show and it's just not true it's the stuff's taken out of context. I mean, I'm sure there is somebody who worked on the show who didn't like it, but it, it feels it's very clear. Like if you watch the behind the scenes stuff, like this crew was a family. These actors loved each other. They loved their time on the show. Many of them thought the ending of the show was brilliant. Um, but anyways, going into some of those criticisms um, with the end of the show, mm-hmm. a lot of people wanted. Uh, well, if you get, I think the real criticism started to come out in episode three of season eight. And episode three is the episode. Where they battle the the Night King and the, there's the attack on Winterfell. It's basically the living versus the dead. Right. And that episode was like an hour and a half long, and it concludes the Night King. And I think that's where people first got irritated because right off the rip, the first problem was that episode. I don't know. I'm sure you heard about this, Josh. The first that episode was so dark it was hard to see a lot of it. You were the one who that, told me about that. I've I think I recall people like tweeting about it, but I didn't look yeah. into it because it just wasn't on my radar at the time. Yeah, but that, I do remember that's that. That's a criticism. That's a criticism that's actually true. I've watched that episode several times. It the whole episode is dark and it's not like you can brighten your TV. It's like it was filmed dark. So mm-hmm. it's that it is kind of a problem. It was kind of hard to see a bit. So that that was the first issue and then of course as the episode went on, people were like disappointed there wasn't as many big deaths in that episode. Like people thought we would lose some important characters like the the Night King would really claim some serious lives. And they, he really didn't. I think in that episode we lost Jorah Mormont. We lost 
the Little Mormont girl. Um, who else did we lose? I mean, uh, the the Red Woman died. Um, mm, I'm trying to think. Oh, the uh, the guy the guy who kept dying and coming back to life from the from the Lord of Light. There's a few there's a few deaths, but no major deaths. You know, Jon Snow, Brienne, oh. Jamie. They all yeah, they all lived. Totally reminded me of something. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. I remember it. No, I just. Well, I, hopefully we'll talk about it later. I forgot that I remember seeing. Um, I forget his name. I think it was Benji. Was it Benjin? Benjin. Like, yeah, I remember Benjin Uncle shows Benjin? back up or whatever. Yeah, I was like I didn't get to that. I didn't get that far, but I think it was like right on the cusp of it. And I remember hearing about that, and I was like, <gasps> Dude, that was another. That was another moment in season seven that blew my mind because basically, like, it seems like. I think it was season seven. It seems like Bran is gonna he's gonna die. They're surrounded, and then suddenly this freaking dude on like a dark horse with a flaming flail shows up and saves him, and then he takes down his hood, and it's Uncle Benjamin who's been missing since like season one or I two. Said Benji. <laughs> do you yeah. do you think that uh, do you think something like that is something that George R. R. Martin was like, yeah, he's in the he's gonna come back in the books like that? He maybe told absolutely. them absolutely. You think so? Yeah, cool. Absolutely. I mean, cool, cool. I think I think it's pretty evident. Like, even if you re- look at the books that have been released now, there's a mm-hmm. bunch more characters and stuff they don't even put in the show. So there's gonna be plenty of differences. But I think major beats, like um, Arya killing the Night King, which was gonna be the next thing I was gonna talk about. Arya killing sure. the Night King. Uh, well, actually, the Night King's not even in the book. I don't know if you knew that, Josh. Should we wait till we get to season eight before we talk about that stuff, or do you just do you want to talk about it now? Well, I want to talk about the criticism, but we'll come back to it. Yeah, but uh, basically, so yeah, criticism. You know, the episode is too dark. Um, you know, there wasn't as many big deaths as people wanted, and then people were. I think people really wanted to see Jon Snow have a one-on-one fight with the Night King and win, and that's just not what happened. It was. Arya, who snuck up on the Night King and killed him. Uh, and I just thought that made so much sense because she spent so much of the show learning and practicing to be that type of person to be able to take on the Night King. Mm-hmm. And also, I said this in my like uh, my little uh, episode I put on Patreon at patreon.com slash sacred icon. Uh, <laughs> the I said plug. It but, the uh, plug. For you guys who love Lord of the Rings and you watch Lord of the Rings, if you think about it like... Aragorn is supposed to be this this king who's coming back into his own. He's leading these armies. He's, it's the return of the king. Aragorn is this main kind of badass who has this lineage and this bloodline and everything. And and if you kind of relate him to Jon Snow, like he was kind of that hero. You know, everybody was rooting for Aragorn. Everyone was rooting for Jon Snow. But who is it that kills the Witch King in Lord of the Rings? It's Eowyn. Like I am no man, and she kills. Like Aragorn doesn't get that awesome, cool moment to kill the Witch King. It's Eowyn. And I think that that's kind of like mirrored here in Game of Thrones where you have Arya, who's the one who kills the Night King. And and I still think that like, because a lot of people were like, oh, what did Jon Snow, John, John, what did Jon Snow do? He didn't do anything. It's like, Jon Snow is the one who like, let the wildlings cross the wall, like led the people out of the Night's Watch, saved his sister, saved Winterfell, went and allied with Daenerys so that her dragons could help fight the Night King. Like, the whole entire reason that the world is not completely doomed and dead is because of Jon Snow. So just because he didn't land a killing blow on the Night King doesn't change that. So that's that's just kind of frustrating to me. Wow. But anyways, yeah. yeah, so then so then the episode ends and I think so, you know, at the end of that episode, I think what really bothered people was that all this build up for the Night King and the White Walkers and it resolved in one episode. Excuse me. Um, but then of course, and I'm going to gloss over this so we can go back to season 1, but of course then what people really hated about the end of the show is Daenerys kind of has a heel turn, turns bad, kills a bunch of innocent people, becomes a tyrant, and then Jon Snow kills her, and then that's the the, the show kind of the show concludes with Jon Snow going. He goes, he gets banned back to the Night's Watch, and he goes north of the Wall and lives with the Wildlings. Mm-hmm. Arya goes west to discover what's west of Westeros. 
Um, <laughs> nice. Sansa. What's that? No, I love that. He goes to discover what's west of Westeros. Well, she says that in the show. She's like, has anybody ever, like, do you guys know what's west of Westeros? And and she and everyone's like, no. And she's like, well, I'm going to find out. And that's what she does. They're like, the why? Still... They're like, why? And she's like, well, George R. R. Martin, the author, our God. Yeah. Is not that's probably, written that probably was a plot point for Atlas. him. Atlas. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. And then Sansa gets to become the queen in the north. She gets to separate from the Seven Kingdoms and become a queen there. Bran becomes the king. So, you know, the show ends, and I think people thought it ended too abruptly. A lot of people didn't think it would made sense for Daenerys to turn, but if you watch the show, she's constantly burning people alive, making threats. Um, the people around her are trying to keep her level-headed, but she keeps trying to do crazy shit. It was totally coming. But anyway, so anyways, to to, to end that point and to go back no, to the beginning, Josh is smiling at me because he's like, man, Brian's got so much to say. No, I love it, but I know you're going to have so much to say when we get into the seasons themselves. I was actually going to say, I, I want to read a quick summary, for at least for me, to get a refresher on season one. And then we don't have to do this for every season, but it doesn't matter. But uh, are you ready to talk about the seasons? Break them yeah, down. Go ahead. That's okay, fine, man. let's go. Okay, so season one spans a period of several months on a world where the, se- the seasons last for years at a time. The action begins in the unified seven kingdoms of Westeros as the long summer ends and winter draws near. Lord Eddard Stark is asked by his old friend, King Robert Marithian, to serve as the Hand of the King following the death of the previous incumbent, Eddard's mentor, John Aaron. Eddard is reluctant, but receives intelligence suggesting that John was murdered. Eddard accepts Robert's offer, planning to use his position and authority to investigate the alleged murder. Meanwhile, on the eastern continent of Essos, the exiled children of House Targaryen, which Robert destroyed to claim the throne, are plotting to return to Westeros and unseat the Usurper. To this end, Viserys Targaryen arranges the marriage of his sister Daenerys to Khal Drogo, the leader of 40,000 Dothraki warriors, in return for the use of his warriors in invading Westeros. For her part, Daenerys just wants to find a safe refuge far away from King Robert's assassins and her brother's scheming ambition. Finally, on the northernmost border of the Seven Kingdoms, the Sworn Brothers of the Night's Watch guard the Wall, a 300-mile-long colossal fortification of ice which has stood for thousands of years. The Watch defends the Wall against the depredations of the lawless wildlings who live beyond. But rumor speaks of a new threat arising in the lands of perpetual winter. So yeah... Well, wow, that was good. That took me back, actually. That took me yeah. back. I Man, mean, my first thought, Brian, is it blew my mind when I saw that Robert Barithian is played by Fred Flintstone from Flintstone's Vita Rock Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was surprised they got the actor that they did to play Robert Baratheon, but I think it was a, a perfect pick. I mean, this episode was such a great setup to the show because, I mean, this episode actually opens up with uh, a couple of the Night's Watch, like Randos, going out and encountering whites and a white walker and right. one of them running one of them running from the night's watch and being a deserter and that's where that's where it introduces winterfell and and uh, edward has to kill he has to behead the guy because he's deserter of the night watch night's watch and that's his he's not that's you know he's disgracing his honor by doing that so um i liked edward, that when they that they had that scene though because it's like as sad as it is this dude has to get decapitated it's like it kind of goes to show like establish edward is like a guy who's like he'll follow the rules but he also doesn't yep. like feel like he this doesn't you right. know he doesn't want to do it right but he has to right yeah and i think you know edward is such a perfect like like character to bring us into this world because edward pretty much stands for the stereotype of all characters from most media it's that it's that dude who's noble and good his alignment is definitely lawful good 
Yeah, it's it's what you expect of a main character, and I think that's the the reason that that is the main character in so many different properties is because it's easiest for us as an audience to connect with. Like you want to you want to think that you want to be better than you are. You want to be this noble person. You'd like to think that you're the person who would not give up your honor to 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 save your life, and that's what you know Edward is. So they bring us in with that character, of course. He's just there to get us in, and he's going to die in the first season, and and then you know it goes on to other things. And the show, the show very quickly proves that it's not like this isn't a story like you're used to experiencing. Like good people don't win, they don't succeed. Honor gets them killed. Being conniving and lying keeps people alive longer. Um, yeah, yeah, basically, no, there's not the, the people you really like are people that are usually up for death. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> don't get attached. <laughs> don't yeah. get attached. Um, so yeah, season season one, it's all the characters, you know. It brings. First of all, it brought me in because I knew who Sean Bean was. Right. I knew who. Um, oh crap! What's her name off the top of my head? Cersei Lannister. Um, uh, oh God! Lena Headey. Lena Headey. Lena Headey. Yeah. I knew her from Three Hundred. Um, what are the characters? I, I knew. Brothers, I knew Robert yeah. Baratheon from um, yeah. from uh, A Knight's Tale with uh, Heath. Oh Lynch. yes, he was also in that. Yeah. <laughs> Not so just Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> so all these these big names I knew brought me in, and then. Um, the fresh faces they got to play these characters, like these are these are most of these actors' first first uh, like show or first yeah. production. You know, you have uh, Maisie Williams as Arya and Sophie Turner as Sansa and uh, Kit Harington as, as Jon Snow. Uh, I'm trying to think of what uh, Rob's name is. He's in Eternals coming out soon. Oh my God, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. But yeah, all these new fresh faces that that really became likable quickly. You know, obviously Amelia Clark was a no name, and then now she's huge. Obviously. Same with Jason Momoa. Uh, so, I mean, I know he was on. I yeah. think he was on one of the Stargates, but like this was really the one that like penetrated him into pop culture stardom. So, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So, uh, the show, of course, like a Peter Dinklage. Maybe I it mean, wasn't Stargate. Anyway, anyway, continue. you fall in love with Peter Dinklage so quickly too, because like you hate Joffrey, which you know Joffrey was a little kid from Batman little Begins. Bitch. That's the one thing I knew him from. Yeah, the little bitch. Little uh, but just like you hate that, you hate Joffrey and. and and Tyrion like slaps him across the face and is like, "Shut up!" He's like, "I'm telling mother." He slaps him again. You're just like, "I love this dude." Yeah, there's there's characters to love in there. Very quickly established. There's characters to hate, like Viserys. Like you wouldn't want to wake the dragon, would you? Oh yeah. You know, I, there's there's great there's things intrigue. like intrigue. Yeah, political intrigue, but also just some great action sequences. But it, it's it's so like few and far between that when it happens, it's damn good. I don't know. I was really happy going into it because it was really cool to see Winterfell. I get, not like quite in its prime, but also like established because everything, you know, yeah. after that, it's like four things the go breaking up the fellowship, essentially. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to see the family happy and together and like such a clean faced. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Jon Snow and stuff like that. <clears throat> and the aesthetic uh, of the show is perfect. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I thought it was really great. I, I was so happy with this first season because, I mean, it was just I, I I paced myself watching it, guys. I thought like I knew that ahead of time that Sean Bean was going to die in it like around the ninth or 10th episode. I just didn't know for sure at the time. And I like, I remember having a specific nightmare of that because it was like, I knew this was coming and I already latched on to him being my favorite character. So I'm like dreading getting to this. Yep. So it kind of slowed my pacing because I was like, if all, as long as there's another episode to watch, he's still alive. I think you said that to me when you first pitched the show. I think you told me you hadn't finished the first season because you knew he was going to die. I yeah. think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I watched it and I just, it was one of those moments where like, you know how sometimes when you rewatch a movie, it's like when I watch when I rewatch Revenge of the Sith, and I'm like, maybe this time Anakin won't turn to the dark side. Yeah, but it's always the same result. Well, I kind of was like, maybe, maybe he'll totally live. Now nah, he totally, he totally got got killed. Well, but it was great is, because it's. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just gonna say what sucks is like in a jumping ahead a bit, but like 
he dies like he's always he's always getting himself into trouble because he's so honorable. He'll only do the right thing. Well, then when it comes time to like, Varys comes down to the prison. And he tells he tells uh, Edward he's like, just say you'll bend the knee to Joffrey and announce that he's the true king and you can live at the Night's Watch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't. You think I care about my life that much? Like I don't. I'm not going to sacrifice my honor for my life. And then as Varys is leaving, he's like, what about your daughter's lives? Like what trouble are they going to be in if you don't? So then that's when, in an unexpected turn of events, at his last moments, Edward is like, I betrayed the king. He's the lawful, he is the lawful king. And like, he kind of betrays his own honor in the last moment. He doesn't tell the truth to save his daughters. And then Joffrey was lying, cuts his head off anyway. So it's just like, it pains you so much because he's such a good man. He dies for no good reason. You hate Joffrey. And then he dies, actually, he lied. The last Well, it's brilliant because they pull out the hat trick because like, or the one-two trick because it's like, there's the moment where you think he's clearly going to die and then suddenly they're like, oh shit, he's going to like submit and yeah. this might actually go okay. Whew! And then suddenly yep. Joffrey's like, no, do it anyway. And you're like, no! You know, it's just like... Yeah, and you, you can see you the look so, on Cersei's face even. She's yeah. like, I didn't want him killed. You feel so thrown back and forth in a wave of emotions, you know what I mean? And it's just, uh, it, it yeah. just hooks you. But I loved all of it. I I think Eddard and John right away were my favorites. I remember, I didn't like Sansa too much. I never really liked her. But I will say that I liked when how I liked how Sansa was like. There's one moment I can't remember, guys, the context, but it's in season one, and she's talking to somebody. It's an older lady or something like that. And as she asks her a question, then she goes, "Oh, wait, that's right. I don't care." And I was like, "Oh God, damn! Yeah. <laughs> such a yeah. burn. It was such a burn." They touch on that too in the in the fi- later seasons when like she meets finally meets back up with John. She's like, "I was awful as a kid," and John was like. No, and she's like, yes, I was. And he's like, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, but no, I actually, I didn't really, I didn't really realize, like, I liked John from the beginning, but I didn't, like, I didn't realize he was going to be a huge character. So my eyes weren't focused on him so much. Oh. Obviously, it was Eddard, and then, and then it was probably, other than Eddard, it was probably Rob. I think that's why the Red Wedding, wedding was so big, is because you thought Rob was going to take the spot, and then he dies. And then it becomes clear later, you know, okay, John's the main, he is the ice of this ice and fire story. Okay, know? interesting. Because I, okay, I thought John was definitely, like, primed to be, like, some kind of main role mm. from the get-go. But Rob, I always felt like, was the wild card where I was like, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. But I think, well, I think it was around season two, I went and just, after finishing it, I was like, man, I cannot wait for season three. I went and spoiled myself on the wiki and just read everything in the books and tried to get caught yeah. up. And I was like, I mean, we'll get into that as we get to the subsequent seasons. But I was like, oh, shit. I started to speculate. And then I started to see other people that were thinking John is the bastard Targaryen, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, and they kind of hint at that maybe being a thing in season one when Eddard's talking to him. Um, and I think there's some extra like context in one of the, that either that first episode or somewhere in that season. But I was like, oh, that's cool, because he just felt primed to like have good character development. So I you know, felt like people, I could safely lie. People nowadays say that they feel like the the huge revel, revel, revelation that John is actually the the child of a Targaryen and and uh, Sark. Uh, Edward's sister. Yeah, they they say that like it was pointless now and like it didn't matter. But I'm like, I don't I don't understand. Like I don't understand that because it's a couple things. One, it's just a cool plot twist in general to know that he's not a bastard and that he is also. The, the true king of Westeros because he is the son of the last king, the Targaryen. That's already amazing. But it also clears Eddard as someone who never cheated on his wife. He's even more honorable. Oh, that's he, right. I forgot that subplot. I forgot that being like yeah. a thing in the yeah. Okay. Like everyone I, thinks that like Eddard's super honorable, but he the one thing he did wrong was he cheated on his wife and had a, a baby with a with a prostitute. 
And then, uh, so that, that kind of gets cleared up, makes Eddard like, you know, look even better. And then there's also the fact that, um, you know, the kind of the, the whole reason the conflicts kind of play out at the end of the show is because Daenerys starts to look like a loose cannon and everyone finds out that Jon is actually a Targaryen. He's actually the true king because he's a male. Mm-hmm. He is actually his right. But and he has his mother's of, dominant genes because he doesn't have that blonde hair. Yeah. yeah. So he's kind of got this. He, he's kind of part of why things start to go like his Making right me want to watch rule. it really bad right now. I'm not kidding, Ryan. I might. We're doing it. I'll let you know for real by the time we're by the time this is over. I think I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start start that show back up. Yeah, maybe I'll start it again. I just finished it. I don't care. (laughs) Circle back. I'll watch it the same pace as you. I'll watch it just the same. (laughs) Well, if you take no, don't do that. Take a year to watch season one. I'll just take a year. No, who am I kidding? Yeah, dude, I love. Robert Baratheon. I wanted to talk about a little because I love the actor. I like that guy. I don't see him in too much, but I like him. And I thought it was really cool. Because like it really did a good job, I think, of just showing like the state Westeros was really in. Because honestly, Robert Baratheon was so prideful; he was so like full of gluttony, you know, and just how he approached things. And he was like he missed the old days, and he was a very nostalgic king, and he wasn't in his prime anymore. And this guy was so brash, so quick to anger, and it really went to establish just like yeah, these guys helped usurp you know the throne and everything from the Targaryens and whatnot. But like, it's really not. In any better of a state in some ways because this guy's a bit of a. Well, hot he didn't head. want to rule. He just wanted to have all the benefits of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Also, and I a- I don't care at all, Josh. But just so somebody in like comments later doesn't like be a troll. Like I th- his name's pronounced Baratheon. Baratheon. Okay. No, no, no. It's good to know that stuff. It's yeah, good to know that stuff. Appreciate it. But um, um, yeah, Baratheon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I just I felt so bad for him though. Like when he goes out boar hunting and it like basically is what kills him. It's just like such a. Such a well, low key. I mean, it's the boar that killed him, but it's because Cersei had him. That's poisoned. right. I yeah. gotta get, gotta rewatch it. Yeah. Gotta rewatch it. But uh, yeah, and Cersei, like, I wanted to like her character. Well, I, I do and I don't. There's moments where I'm like, man, she's such a strong mom, such a strong woman. And but then also I'm like, you're a horrible person. But then we get to Jamie. Dude, I I Jamie was another character that I was like, this dude is such a good asshole. I can't help but like his character. Even yeah. when you get to like, okay, there's the one dude that's traveling with um Eddard, and there's one part when Jamie confronts them and just stabs the dude right in his fucking face and looks yep. over, turns his head and looks directly into Eddard's eyes. And I was just like, this is unlike any brutality I'm used to seeing in television. Like, yeah. you do it in a video game, you don't think twice on it. But I see it in a television show and it's just like kind of horrific. I'm like, wow. He's got he's got one of the best arcs in the show. And a lot of people would say that his arc ended up sucking in the end. I think his arc only got better. Okay, It's funny because when I started watching the show with Erica... Every time Jamie would come on screen in the beginning, she'd be like, I hate him. I hate him because he's such an asshole. <laughs> Season two, he's such a, but then by the, end of the sh- by the end of the show, she loves Jamie. She's like, Jamie's my son. I love Jamie. He always <laughs> says, that's, that's, that's something Erica says all the time. When she likes the character, she goes, he's my son. This Jamie's is very protective son. over the character. I got you. Uh, yeah, so she loved him. But, <laughs> that's cool. And you know, jumping ahead a little bit, we'll come right back. Right. What the reason like so he ends up becoming a much more like honorable man doing the right thing. He mm-hmm. he gets he grows as a character. Well, a lot of people say his character was ruined because after all that growth, at the very, very end of the show, he is so in love with Cersei, he runs back to her to save her, and then they both die in the rubble of the oh, crashing castle as Damn. as Daenerys burns the castle down, the rubble falls on him and he dies. And the thing is, earlier in the show though, he said I want to die in the arms of the woman I love. And that's how he dies, running back to his sister and dying. So, like, on one hand, people are like, 
they hated that his character grew so much and then yeah. ran back to Cersei in the end. But I think it's so telling of what it's like in real life. Like people in real life don't just turn a switch and become good. They usually struggle with those things. Yeah. And it shows the realism of his character that he still loved her so much. He made that huge mistake and ran back to her. So I, I think yeah. it's an amazing character. No, hell yeah. That's uh, It'd be interesting to see that develop more because when uh, we're about to get in season two. But when I got to that, I was like, yeah. man, I really turned me around on him. Like I thought he was good as an asshole. Like one of those things that... This dude, Nikolai Coster Waldau, I think his, his name is pronounced. Uh, he did such a good job making me hate his character that, like, he's there and makes me love and want to protect the characters I love all the more. It just, they did so many good villains. Yeah. And the fact, okay, Viserys, the fact that he dies, like, fucking six episodes in, like, he's barely really in the first season because Khal Drogo goes and melts the gold or whatever right onto his yeah. face, burning him alive. It's a painful he's to not watch. The, yeah, he's not the, like, the. The true Targaryen. You know, I mean, oh, man, this is such a good moment. And then, like, Brian, okay, remember the dude who's trying to teach Sansa with all the, the, the fighting yeah, and everything? Yeah, Pharrell. Yeah, Pharrell, just, something Pharrell. Yeah. Nice. Uh, did that song with uh, Daft Punk, Song of the Summer. Um, anyway, uh, does he show up later on? Because I, I, it was kind of implied he might have gotten killed. Does he? No, he he just dies and he never comes back. Okay, okay. I was yeah. I was always curious about if he was gonna. But she it. she Arya continues to like like mention him or like you know. Oh, okay, cool. Him Reference him. Nice. Um. Yeah. Season one. I if I like if I had if I twisted my arm, I'd say that's my favorite season. It mm -hmm. just was perfect to me. Mm -hmm. Um. It's in it's in the running with two other seasons for number one spot. But yeah, probably season season one. Amazing season. There's so much more we could say on that, guys. Maybe in the future, if Josh does watch it, we'll we'll do more of a oh, we'll basis by basis. Do, like I have to come back for the for the the sequel of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but like but like if we're gonna do this episode and not spend all day here, like we gotta move on to season two. Yeah. So season right. two. Do you want me to read the synopsis season or just skip past all that? Um, if you want to, you can. I don't yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it, at least for now. Season 2 spans several months on a world where... Okay, that's the same shit. Um, seven Kingdoms are at war, with the King of the North, Rob Stark, fighting to win independence for his people in those of the Riverlands. Rob decides that he must win the allegiance of the fiercely independent Ironborn to his cause, and sends his best friend, Theon Greyjoy, to treat with his, fa uh, yeah, to treat with his father, who is hatching plans of his own. Meanwhile, Joffrey Baratheon holds the Iron Throne with the backing of the powerful House Lannister. But his uncle, Renly, has also claimed the throne. Wow, yeah, it's so good to read this because I forgot all about that. Has also claimed the throne with the support of House Tyrell, whose armies are much larger. As they struggle for the throne, Tyrion Lannister, we didn't even talk about Tyrion, arrives in King's Landing to take matters in hand, only to face opposition from his scheming sister Cersei, now the Queen Regent. However, there is another faction entering the picture, Stannis Baratheon. Robert's younger brother and Renly's older brother has also claimed the Iron Throne. A proven battle commander and veteran of several wars, Stannis is known to be utterly without mercy to his enemies and will do what is right even if it destroys him. Advising him is, how is it pronounced, uh, Brian? M M Melis Melisandre? M M Melisandre. Melisandre, thank you. An enigmatic priestess from the East who believes Stannis is meant for a greater destiny. And Sir Davos Seaworth, one of my favorite characters, an Love honest him. and honorable man uneasy with the shifts in power at Stannis' court. Far to the East, Daenerys Targaryen has patched the only three dragons in the world. Eventually, they will grow into terrifying monsters capable of destroying cities at her command. But for now, they are still hatchlings and vulnerable. With her Kalazar gone, Daenerys and her small band of followers must find a way across a forbidding wasteland and find new allies to support her claim to the Iron Throne. In the distant north, the Night's Watch have mount, uh, has mounted an expedition beyond the Wall, searching for missing rangers and investigating rumors of wildlings gathering in the mountains. For Jon Snow... 
This will be a rite of passage, passage as he is asked to make difficult choices for the realm and for himself. Dude, season two, I got to say real quick, was one of those things where I'm expecting a sophomore slump like most shows go through. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it just continued instantly. I, I was really like I had a coming off season one and I'm going into season two. There's a part of me that's thinking, man, I loved Eddard so much. He was such a significant reason why I love the show. And yes, I loved all these other characters and hated some of them, but in a way that I, I love to hate them. But I was also like, I don't know if the show can really carry me stimula- stimulating-wise without Eddard. But season two proved right away it could very much do that. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, one thing, and of course we don't have time to cover all this stuff, so we're going to keep missing it. But like, we forget, we forgot to mention that like season one ends on an amazing like hook for the next season. Because it ends with Daenerys walking into the fire, coming out oh, yeah. naked with yeah, three yeah, dragons. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. That was and an three amazing Three dragons are on screen in the seat. Yeah, it kind of zooms up on her face, and there's these dragons, and they, and that's where the scene ends. And you're like, holy shit! Like Daenerys is the queen of dragons. She's got these dragons. So this girl cool, is yeah. on fire. This girl is on fire. Oh, um, I like what you added on the end there—a little bit of seasoning. Yeah, get a little sizzle there on the end. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's there's so much going on in season two. It's impossible to touch on all these storylines in the time we have in this episode. No, uh, we don't want to go forever, guys. We want to keep this. It's funny how long we are. We've already went 15 minutes. It's crazy. I didn't think so. I know we're on but, season two, so we yeah, I love it. Speed but, it. But okay, a couple things. Um, Renly Baratheon. I actually really liked his character. Um, was it season two or three? He dies. Was it season two? two? So he dies like what, like episode nine or That's some shit like Mil- that. Mil- the uh, Melisandre sends a, uh, a, a ghost shadow thingy. to go shadow, kill him. Yeah, yeah. That man. What did you think when that happened? I was like, this show is freaking weird, man. She like, <laughs> she's 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 pregnant in like two minutes. Like in one scene, she's not pregnant, and then suddenly she's got a pregnant belly. And then Davos has to bring her to this place, yep. and she spreads her legs and gives birth to a shadow that comes out of her. And, and Davos that, is like, what the fuck was that? He's like terrified of. It. He's like, this is creepy shit. And then goes and kills Renly. And then Brienne freaks out, of course, because Brienne's got like a little crush on Renly. She, yeah, because Captain she, she, she says later on the show that like she was like dancing. She was like at a dance or something, and like all the boys were making fun of her for being a big ugly woman. Yeah. And Renly, even though he was gay, nobody knew he was gay, mm-hmm. but she did. But he came and like danced with her to show that to make her feel better, and that's why she like. Yeah, he was them. such a good character in the short time he was there, dude. I really liked yeah, he, him. He was a good guy. I didn't think he was necessarily, like, prior to his death, I didn't think he was necessarily going to be one that came out of it, like, yeah. on top or anything. But I was just like, man, he's likable. It's interesting, the, the internal politics of, like, how everyone suddenly, like, just, it, there was, like, a power vacuum. So everyone was yeah. suddenly trying to fill it. And it's just like, that's scary because it feels like these battles don't really matter, but they're all fighting amongst themselves when the real threat is still out there, which the show does a great job of trying to build up. You know, like you got the Dothraki yeah. Warriors. I'll say another thing, yeah. another player in there, Stannis. Uh, Stannis, is a, he's a really hard character to like. because, And I think that's intentional because he's, mm-hmm. he's so stern the entire show. And he's so bullheaded. And I, I bullheaded can, is and the he's perfect willing, word for him. He's willing to do literally anything to be king he sent he, he consorts with this witch to do magic to kill his own brother um later in the show he burns his daughter alive at the stake as yeah. a sacrifice Oof. uh and he just fails constantly so he's just hard to like um was it Brian that, much Brian the, kills him doesn't she doesn't she watch him die? technically yeah he's still like he's gonna die because he's like been but she like battle, leaves him though like she see yeah no doesn't she, he like she bleed kills out him. she she stabs him. She like oh. kills him. Oh, okay. But he was he was gonna die anyway. I thought he was like bleeding out or something. My bad. Okay, but anyway, yeah, he's like laying in the snow at the like defeated. He's gonna die, but she 
she's like, I sentence you to death, and then she finishes him off. Oh, nice. Um, so nice. yeah, but it's crazy because he's in he's in the majority of the show. He's in like okay. six, I think that's six seasons or maybe five. Well, five so, seasons. Something I want to talk about though, since we we try to move through these a little bit faster. Um, so Tyrion, I thought was great because I feel like he in season two really came into that Eddard mold and like filled that void. Character. Yeah, and he really took over to me. And, and especially, he's a genius. You're just constantly shocked by how genius he is at every turn. Oh my God, silver-tongued. I mean, and, and in episode nine, the the Battle of Blackwater, wasn't it? Wasn't that yep. what's the episode? Yeah, oh that, my God. That, that When I first watched that episode, it blew my mind too. And he gets like cut in that like, I'm like, yep. oh my God. When I, I don't think I had spoiled myself, like I said, I don't think I'd spoiled myself on the book stuff um, until after season two. But when that happened, I was like, oh my God, no. Is he going to die? And I think it had one of those like cut to commercial type things and it came back and then he's alive. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. or maybe it was in the next episode. But I just remember like feeling so much anxiety because immediately it went from from like Edder to like, you are my new favorite, which yep. I think I overall, honestly, I think it is John collectively. But like, I mean, love Tyrion so much. So. It's it's kind of yeah I mean it's it's kind of John and Daenerys honestly because they're the ice and fire no, that's come, fair. You know, that come together I think out of the um, female characters it was probably Cersei I think just because I like Lena Headey and I thought yeah as much as I don't like as much as like her character is awful at times I understand why she tried to do some of the things she did to like protect my her opinion, kids and stuff like that she she's likable evil for the first five seasons the last couple seasons Cersei is so evil that it's hard to even like her oh, like you okay. hate hate her okay she's like really evil. Um, yeah, because she, well, you know, we're going to get there anyways, but in, in the, I think it's the end of season, it might be season six. I'm not quite sure. Season five or season six, she literally, she's so sick of like not winning that she blows up basically the church of King's Landing full of people. She sets them all on fire. Was kills, that, kills, okay, does, she, is that the, does that have the dude in it who is like the dude? Um, the the High Sparrow? Uh, the, from, the dad from, uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean? Caribbean. Yeah, yep. blows him up. Oh, she sets, nice. She she sets him and all his followers on fire. She sets um, what's her name from also in Captain America from High Garden. Um, what's her name? Shit. The oh the, the, uh, the Tyrell. Tyrell, yeah, the Tyrell no. chick. What's her name? No. She sets her on fire. Natalie Dormer. Yeah, she just kills Lena. Lena. Yeah, not Lena Headey. Jeez, Cersei. <laughs> Cersei <laughs> literally blows the church up and everyone in it, killing them all. Pretty much destroys the family of the Tyrells. What season? And five or six? This is it's end of five or six. I think it might be end of five because I got halfway in, guys. That's where I kind of fell off. Yeah. It was halfway into five or six. So she blows them all. And the thing is, the episode starts up with like this, like this, like haunting music playing, and the haunting music plays for like I don't know 10, 15 minutes straight as it sets up her plan all the way to execution. And then after she blows everyone up, Tommen is looking out the window and he watches the love of his life because you know he's a lustful kid he's in love with yeah. natalie dormer's character right. he watches them all die and he is so shocked and stricken by losing the people he loves and the fact that his mother did it that he just decides to jump out the window and kill himself goes ghost yeah he just, <laughs> just kills himself and then yeah. and then and then like earlier in the episode there's a there's a woman that had been shaming Cersei. Oh, I remember her. And, Couldn't stand her and, character in general, but... Yeah, and she's like, shame, shame. And then so then Cersei's like, locks her in a room with a mountain, and basically it's implied that like, I'm gonna let the mountain rape you until you're dead. Oh, that's fucked up. So she's like, yeah, it's horrible death. What was it? What's yeah, the so other... Oh, the head. Hound. The Hound. We forgot to talk about him, the too. Hound. Yeah, the Hound's amazing. Yeah, All these oh great God. characters. I forget Gotta the actor's name, quicker. but... I know, I know. We didn't even talk about the Dire Wolves of season one and go... Yeah, we so can... I don't stuff. have to read the summaries for the next couple seasons, but you can give me like the broad like 
broad strokes. Okay, of it, but, but so yeah. anyway, so season two, Battle of Blackwater, you know, Tyrion gets whacked across the face, gets that scar. Now Tyrion shows up with his army. Tyrion takes the place of Hand of the King, which means Tyrion, or, or um, did I, what'd I say? Oh, you got it. What's his, what's his father's name again? Oh, Lang. shit. Oh, man. Um, Daddy, Daddy Ty- Lannister. Tywin, Tywin. So Tywin becomes Ooh. Hand of the King. Dude, that actor, I love that dude. He's amazing. Yeah, He's amazing. I gotta look at him up. So then, so then Tyrion is no longer Hand of the King. He doesn't get any respect for yeah. what he did in the battle. Um, and Cersei was about to poison her own child because she thought they were going to lose, but Tywin mm-hmm. came and saved everything. So season two, uh, you know, that concludes. We get to season three. I know we have to jump over a bunch of stuff. Season three is really where you start to think, like, this is where the Starks are going to make their big win. They're going to come into it all. Obviously, oh, season three. Oh, the Red Wedding. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, season three, you have uh, Rob. He marries a woman he's not supposed to marry, betrays the Charles Walter Dance. Frey. Charles Dance. That's who Charles plays Dance, Tywin. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Um, uh, Rob betrays his betrothal to the Frey's daughter, uh, which means then that's what the Frey's end up betraying. I loved his romance yeah. with that girl. I forget her name, but oh, I yeah, love their, like, name oh, man. Oh, that was yeah, heartbreaking. Her, his baby gets stabbed, right? Like her, She's pregnant, and they stab her stomach. Another moment of where, like, this show does not hold back from, like, showing no, any... No, they, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. You see that. the stuff with the Night's Watch develop more. You get to see um, uh, Jon Snow slash Kit Harrington meet his wife. Yeah, in real life! You so grit on Ygritte, the show! Ygritte. Yeah, you know yeah. nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, oh, amazing. Oh, man. Um, some of some stuff in here as a middle Theon before. becomes a piece of shit as he goes back to his father, the Greyjoys, <laughs> then he betrays Rob... Um, he ends up, uh, like he, he ends up killing, um, the, uh, the guy who watched over the kid, the Stark kids at Winterfell, he ends up killing them. He, he takes over Winterfell. He thinks he burns, he tries to burn Bran and Rickon alive. He ends up burning two random farm boys instead. Uh, A lot of stuff happens there. Basically season three ends with the Red Wedding, which when that ended, I remember there was headlines everywhere because people were like, I can't believe I invested all this time in their show and there's no one left for me to follow anymore. I'm so pissed. But of course, season four brought everyone right back. Um, Real quick, you get to season three yeah. horrified me yeah. because that was another case. It mirrored his father's death so much, literally, because there's the shot in, I think, episode 10, the following episode after the Red Wedding, where Arya gets there and she just gets there too late because yep. then she sees them parading around his corpse on a horse with the with the, the direwolf head mounted on yeah. top that was horrifying to me to like watch oh it's yeah and honestly like i know maybe it's bad but like when it comes to that stuff i love that they didn't hold back like I well me too the no absolutely it's but like the gruesome the violence that stuff like that sells the show I, yeah. I love that um so then you get to season four and it's like joffrey's gonna marry uh Ty- what's her name the tyrell chick who I'll, played by natalie Dorman. i'll look it up um, why am I forgetting that? That's she's such a main character. Uh, Tyrell. Um, but anyways, uh, he's gonna marry her, and also they're making Tyrion marry Sansa. Um, I'll let you finish there, Josh. No, you're fine. I think it's was it Mar- Marjorie? Is that something? Uh, Marjorie, yeah. Marjorie, yeah, okay. Marjorie. Tyrell. So yeah. Okay. So anyways, really, I'm skipping ahead a couple episodes, but like the season really kicks off in season four because Joffrey is poisoned. We later find out it is by Marjorie's grand grandmother. Um, who who's the one who poisoned Joffrey? Then everybody thinks that good Tyrion and Sansa. Good shit. Yeah, it's it's great. Watch it's, it's great though because when you watch Joffrey die, you hate him and you're so ready for him to die. But the way he dies is so sad, and like his mom's crying over him, you almost feel sad. But you're like, yeah, die, but I'm sad. Yeah, die, but I'm sad. Yeah, you're like, this you is know? fucked up. I'm happy about this, but at the same time, like this character is a horrible person. You know exactly. So yeah, you're putting a rock on a hard place emotionally. But I gotta say real quick, I thought that part was crazy because. 
I remember reading that. Like I said, I spoiled myself and everything prior to it. I knew he was going to die at some point, but because the books are so different in terms of like the, 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 the amount that's in there, I did not know that was going to be a season four thing. So like when it had that episode, I was yeah. like, is this where he dies? And then he dies. And I'm like, holy shit already. I thought that might, that might've been like a season six kind of thing for all I knew. I and then behind tell. the scenes, they talk about how like Joffrey's death is like the caliber of that episode was supposed to be one of their like closing season calibers, but they decided let's put it at the beginning and really shock the audience, which I thought was cool. I thought it was uh, great. Got we also forgot an amazing start. episode in season three where Jamie's so cocky, he gets his hand cut off and then it goes to credits and plays this crazy rock music. Yeah, like, dude. You're shocked. I'm you're watching like, that with my shit. mom and like we just sat there like in silence and I was like, is this an like. Did they fuck up the edit or something? I was like, we were really no. stunned in that like moment. The music didn't fit Game of Thrones at all, but it was to add to that shock. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, back to season four. You know, yeah. Joffrey's dead. Uh, Cersei says that it's Tyrion and Sansa. Sansa escapes with Littlefinger. They go to the Vale. Oh, f- uh, Tyrion finger. gets oh, in prison. Great actor, but didn't uh, that character drives me nuts? Right, uh, Peter Baelish. Yeah, uh, yeah. just drives you nuts. I also love that he's in Dark Knight Rises. Yes, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. very little, but um, I love it. So then Tyrion gets thrown in jail, and they're they're trying. Even though everyone knows that Tyrion didn't do it, Tywin and Cersei they they want him tried. Um, also, we we forgot to mention Tyrion fell in love with this prostitute again. Oh um, yeah, oh uh, Shay gosh. falls in love with Shay. Yeah. So uh, then he's on trial. You got Oberyn, who's played by the Mandalorian himself. Yeah, Pedro Pascal, ladies Pedro and Pascal. gentlemen, Pedro Pascal. He comes over. They introduce Dorn as this other kingdom. He comes over eventually. Uh, as time goes on, he manages to want to. He volunteers himself to fight for um, Tyrion in a trial by combat. This is after, while Tyrion's on trial, he finds out that uh, his that Shay, the one he loved, she didn't really love him. She betrayed him. She lied about him to get him killed. Um, so then you have that crazy episode where Cersei she gets the mountain to fight against. Oberyn and Oberyn kicks his ass, but he gets too cocky, gets distracted, gets his eyes gouged, and his brain exploded like a pumpkin. It is just insane to watch. And then it pans over to Tyrion, and you see Tyrion's face, and he's like, "Holy shit, I'm dead." He's like shocked. Crazy moment. Uh, I and then I just remember at that moment, like when I watched that episode, that was episode eight that Oberyn loses. And episode nine was already confirmed that the entirety of episode nine is a night's is the as the as the the what do you call it the night's watch the entire episode of episode nine is night's watch. Mm-hmm. So when you watch Tyrion lose like Oberyn lose, was that- Tyrion's gonna die. It goes to episode nine, and episode nine is only Jon Snow's story. So you're like and that was that whole choose. battle, wasn't it? Yeah, that whole battle okay. at uh, the the wall. So when the Viper got gal- like, I, oh my god, that was like one of the most horrifying moments. Yeah, I have never been more uh, physically disturbed watching it, uh, anything in television in my life. Yep. Never. The way they shot that looked so convincing. I mean, I'd have to see it again, but it looked so it damn real. convincing. Yeah. And it just it's so frustrating because it's one of those things where you're practically yelling at your television. Like, what are you doing? And this, as soon as he gets the grip, yep. he gets his head in his hand. It's like, no, because he clearly yep. whooped his ass. And it's like, God damn it. And it just, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's an alternate timeline where things are so different. Things could have went better. But yep. fuck, I was so mad at Oberyn. And, and I also just oh. loved his character. And he seemed like a, a decent dude. I mean, yep. it, it, there's a lot of 
black and or it's, and things aren't so black and white. Well, the only reason but, he was fighting the mountain is because the mountain had raped and killed his sister. And yeah, so he was trying to get revenge, and also he was like befriending Tyrion, and it was just like, oh, this is so yep. cool. But oh, fucked up. And then the battle or the whole Ygritte thing was just really cute. It was really great to see John kind of like get into this morally gray position of like, I don't like these people, but also like. There's more to them than what everyone thinks of them as, and more then also like you, they're bad guys. exactly. And then you grit is uh, this girl he's falling for and everything, and then they have this battle. Oh man, oh, oh, so oh, yeah, God, such damn. a yeah, such I a loved great battle. third I mean, season. Was that you said that was no? That's fourth season. I'm sorry, season I love the four. Season. See, I I would yeah. say if I was trying to be objective, I could almost say four is objectively like on a on a critical level. Season four was just that's that's either my favorite or my second favorite. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, but then, so I, against my better judgment, when I finished, when Oberyn died in the episode cut, and I already knew that next week episode was Night's Watch only, I was like, I cannot go on thinking that Tyrion might die. So I went and spoiled myself from the books. There you go. And I was like, okay, he doesn't die, he escapes. So then we get to that final episode of season four, and Jamie lets out uh, Tyrion, which is like this bro moment, you're so happy about it. And then Tyrion's about to leave, and he's like, wait a minute, I want to go turn around and see what's going on with, you know, my oh, father or whatever. Man. And he finds Shay on the bed, finds out that Shay is sleeping with his own freaking father. So he strangles Shay and he cries about it because even though he hates her for doing what she did, he's in love with her. So he's like yeah. crying about it. Oh. And then he goes to the bathroom and his dad's sitting there on the toilet and he's like, basically he holds the crossbow. But he's basically like, I'm going to kill you. And, and, and Tywin tries to do his typical antics and Tywin's like you're my son you're a Lannister let's go talk about this and he's like do you think I'd really let you die do you think I was really going to sentence you to death no I love you you're 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 whatever and then he shoots his dad anyways and then Tywin immediately like looks down at the arrow and he's like you know what I take back everything I said you're not a Lannister you're scum I hate you you're never one of us you killed your mother you're a piece of shit of course I'd let them kill you and then that's when Tyrion's like okay you're really dead shoots him again then he flees and he's fleeing with Varys on that ship. Love Varys. Like, Love Varys. Yeah. Oh, my Varys gosh. Varys is awesome. Top five favorites. Which sucks because Varys ends up, you know how Varys dies? He gets burned alive by Daenerys' dragon. No. On her, she, she sentences him to death. So, yeah. Oh, uh, but anyway, so that's, that season ends and amazing ending of the season. You're like, Tyrion's still alive. So then you get to season five. We got our, man, we're hour and seven minutes, Josh. Keep going. It's all right. Sorry, we'll okay, get to it. We're going to rush through this. But yeah, so season five, it, it has some slower moments. Purposely, I think some people were complaining about that, but it, it's kind of slower in the beginning. Uh, you have Varys trying to convince Tyrion that he still has work to do. He believes, like Varys, believes in Daenerys. He thinks that she's the future at this point, and he takes Tyrion to meet her. That happens. You have John is like letting the wildlings in to. Uh, he wants to let them in to the Night's Watch, cross the wall because. He, he's like, we need their help, you know, for the coming wars. What's his, with the, what's with his the, best friend? What's his friend? We haven't even spoke of him. Oh, Sam. It's Sam's Sam, great yeah. character. And when Love he gets, Sam. When he gets the moment when he actually, like, kills a White Walker, amazing. Samuel Tarley, yeah. Yes. What's Samuel hilarious Tarley. Is when, what's hilarious is when Gilly sleeps with him, and when she first, like, thrusts on him, he's like, oh! <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he gets like, he's like, he's never oh. had sex, and he's just yeah. like... He's just, it's so funny. I Very love pure. Sam so much. Yeah, Sam's yeah. are the best in Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Hell yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so season five, you know, uh, basically everyone in the Night's Watch is, like half of Night's Watch is starting to hate John because he's siding with the, he's telling them that the wildlings aren't bad. He's going to let them in. So then kind of the big, uh, once again, skipping over so much stuff that happens in that season, you get to the big moment, which is I think the eighth episode, okay. which is called Hard Home. And that's where John goes with Tormund, the the leader of the, of the wildlings at this point. 
the red-haired guy, yep. the wildling red-haired one. Yeah. He goes with them to go he goes no, to yeah. go to, he goes to tell the wildlings that he's going to let them pass, go through the night's watch, pass the wall and 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 take up settlement on the other side because he wa- he wants them to ally against each other. He's like when the night walkers come, I want us to be allies. So he goes over with them and they get there and they're trying to side with the wildlings and convince them to come back, but as they do that, the freaking all the the White Walkers show up, and this is where you see on the hill. There's like the Night King in the center, and like his like Lieutenant White Walkers on the side. There starts to be like tens of thousands of whites, uh, undead rushing in, and this is where they're all trying to like run as fast as they can. The Knights, the Knights Watch, and the Wildlings to get on the boats, and they're rushing, they're rushing, and people are dying like crazy. And then this moment, like it almost it felt like my heart stopped when I watched this moment when I watched it live. You have. John is standing on the boat as the boats are fleeing from the shore, and the Night King slowly walks up to the edge of the shore, and it's just John staring at the Night King, the Night King staring at John. They cut all the music, so there's no music. All you hear is air. And then suddenly the Night King slowly raises his hands, and you see all the little children that were just killed like come up, and his dead just like, he already but had 10,000. He's like, he's like, not only did I have 10,000, here's another several hundred I just killed. Yeah, he said, fuck and around and John find out. Don't start nothing, won't be Yeah, nothing. basically. Yeah, and John's just like, holy shit, and then it just cuts and the episode's over. And you're like, holy shit, this is insane, that episode's amazing. And then you get to the net, you get to the end of the show, the final se- the final episode of the season, and the little boy, which, forget his name off the top of my head, if I, uh, little boy who's in the Night's Watch, he runs into, because at this point, um, Jon Snow is the Lord Commander, he runs into Jon Snow's like office and he's uh. like, he's like, hey, we found Uncle Benjamin. He's here. Come yeah. follow me. And he runs outside, and Jon Snow follows him into a crowd. And when he gets to the to where he's been led, there's a, sign, there's a sign that says traitor. And then everyone in the Night's Watch just stabs the heck out of Jon and kills him. Yeah. And at this point, there is no books done by J.R.R. Okay. to say what happened. Yes. Because I was going to say, when I was reading up and spoiling myself, that was as far as it had gotten with Jon's story. And there was still more with some of the other characters, but that was as far as his narrative had gotten. Yep. And I remember feeling a sense of like I was exhausted when I read that because I was like holy shit like it, it's ambiguous in the books like how the hell the show yeah. gonna do it and I was like I hope I remember thinking at the time this probably satisfy you to hear this but I remember thinking I don't give a fuck if he dies in the books if the next book he's dead I want the show to bring him back don't care how bring him back I remember I remember I watched that episode with Justin and we were both really sad about it but Justin was even more sad Justin was like he looked depressed Justin was like if he's really dead, I don't. I don't know if I can watch the show anymore. I mean, that's what oh, Justin said. He was nice, like, nice. We were both that like, invested. please, please, please. And then yeah, as the, the theory, investment, you know, as months passed by, the theories began to grow, and it began. It, it seemed like there's a very good chance that John is coming. Yeah, is coming back. And then, of course, so going forward, and there's so much good in season six. But once again, I have to skip past so much of it. Season six, what you know, that season really starts off with everyone just kind of wondering. What's going to happen? Is Jon Snow coming back? I think it's the second episode. might be the third episode. Mm-hmm. Davos manages to convince Melisandre, hey, try to bring him back from the dead. And as that episode closes, he gasps air. Episode closes and Jon comes back. Um, and then there's this amazing moment where since Jon comes back, he hangs everyone that betrayed him. And then as soon as he gets done hanging him, he starts to walk out. And they're like, where are you going? He's like, my watch is ended. Because your watch goes until you die. And he died, so it's like I'm free. Like, it was good shit. You would think George probably had to have informed him, like, "Hey, I got some of this in my book, man. Here's some sizzle." Oh, that's dude, just, no, that's that's definitely. just too damn good. Yeah. It's too damn oh, good. That's definitely. 
I mean, I think, I mean, people might disagree with me, but I think all the major beats of the entire show, all the way to season eight, those are all from George. I mean, he said himself yeah, that he gave so. them the major beats. But I will say real so, quick, I am realizing yeah. now as we're talking about this that it was season six, like half of that or three-fourths of it that I got into. So season five, I saw all of. So I remember okay, that. Yeah, so I think it's the end of season six then. It must be. Yeah, season six must be where Cersei blows up the church. They call it the the sept. Okay, because I just last thing I remember was um, I forget his name, but the dude who used to serve in the King's Guard, or King's Watch, or whatever, and he goes and starts working with um, Cersei, the old guy. He's like super good soldier and everything like that. You mean he starts working with Daenerys? You mean? Did I say? Did I say Cersei? I you wrong. said Cersei. Again, he yeah. leaves Cersei and all that. Sir Barristan. Sir yeah. Barristan. Yes, Sir Barristan, and basically he gets killed in an alleyway. It was like an episode maybe after that. Yeah, the the sons of the harpy fight. Oh, I hate they him. go they. They kill him and yeah. they, they severely wound Grey Worm, yep. the Unsullied, but he lives. Um, yeah, go ahead. Bro. Yeah, so season so season six, you have Jon Snow come back. Uh, he knows that um, Ramsay has taken up Winterfell and he's also like has Sansa as his wife. And um, Sansa managed, Theon has a moment of a little moment of redemption. He helps Sansa escape. Mm-hmm. And then Brienne also saves Sansa. And then Brienne brings Sansa back to Winterfell. And um, that's there's like they meet up with Littlefinger again, and basically Sansa's like, "You sold me to Ramsay, knowing who he was and what he'd do to me." And she almost wants to kill Littlefinger, but she doesn't. And then as the season goes on, um, John and Sansa they reunite. They're working towards like, how are we gonna go? We're gonna go fight. We're gonna go to Winterfell. Like we need to reclaim Winterfell. We need to reclaim our home. So they get the wildlings together. They get everyone together. Eventually, the whole season. I'm skipping over an astronomical amount, but the whole season leads up basically to this battle of the bastards and this this is my favorite episode i think i've said this before and i think it's true i think it's my favorite episode of the entire show is battle of the bastards like the number one favorite episode because you get to the episode episode right before it i remember because now i remember my mom and i i was like oh this battle of the bastards that's supposed to be a really good episode never never saw it no well, like this episode is just incredible because you have these two army of ramsey's army facing off against ramsey at winterfell and ramsey is like here's rickon rickon stark He's like, he tells Rick and he's like, go back to your brother. Run as fast as you can. Go back to your brother. So he starts running all the way across this field. It's probably like a mile, I don't know, half mile long, whatever. He starts running and Ramsey starts shooting arrows out of his bow. And he's shooting close to Rickon, but not close enough to hurt him. And Jon Snow's like, holy shit, that's my brother. He's going to kill him. So he hops on his horse. He rides as fast as he can. And it shows Rickon running towards Jon. And the arrows keep missing. And right as Jon's hand is like a foot or two away from grabbing Rickon's, uh, Ramsey shoots an arrow through Rickon's heart, and Rickon dies right next to John. And John is so freaking pissed, he abandons all reason, and he just Leroy Jenkins runs straight towards Ramsey's army without his army. Yeah. And what's crazy is, and I think this was intentional. I don't know if I've ever like actually heard it was intentional, but I'm pretty sure it is. As he runs towards Ramsey's army, and the two armies collide, it shows John. It does this cool like it, they're using green screen. It's obvious, okay. but. Well, it's not obvious as in it's done poorly. It's as in, like, there's no way they could do this without a green screen. Mm-hmm. But it shows John. He's in the middle of this battle, and there are, like, horses crashing around him, swords going above him, below him, spears coming by, and li- and there's, like, thousands of arrows volley- volleying into him. Mm-hmm. And every single sword, every single arrow, every single horse, every single thing misses him. And to me, like, the visuals are so spectacular. I think what it's trying to show is, like, you know, he's the chosen one, you know, the Lord of Light revived him. Like <laughs> yeah. he can't he can't die because everything is just, you know, avoiding him. Well then it gets to this point where Ramsey's army completely they completely circle around John's army. And John's army is like literally like Ramsey's got a big circle of army around John and they keep pushing him with spears. 
They keep pushing in John's army, and it gets to the point where John's army is so pushed together that that John starts drowning on humans. There's so little air, he starts to drown in humans. And there's this really cool shot, one of the most iconic shots in Game of Thrones, where it's up from the sky. It's like showing top down, okay. and it's John managing to swim his way out of humans and gasp for air. And it's like this pool of humans, and he's drowning, mm. and it's crazy. And then just as you think everything's over, freaking Sansa rides up with Littlefinger and the Vale, the Knights of the Vale, and they completely take out Ramsay's army, and Ramsay's like, oh, shit. Ramsey runs back into Winterfell, and John's like, "No, I'm taking this dude out right now." So John runs with Tormund and the the one left giant that's left, and they run. They beat down Winterfell's gate, and he runs up to Ramsey, and Ramsey's like, "Hey, you know how you said you wanted a you wanted a one on one battle last episode? Let's go ahead and do that now." And he just starts shooting arrows at John, and John puts up his shield for every arrow and die and like stops every arrow, and John's walking towards Ramsey. And he gets to Ramsey and he just starts beating the absolute shit out of Ramsey. And Ramsey's like just covered in blood. And 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 then Sansa walks oh, that up and John so realizes. satisfying. Oh, oh dude, it's the most satisfying thing ever. And oh. John sees that he looks up at Sansa and sees that he's like lost in a blood rage and he stops. And what's crazy too in the behind the scenes, John uh, Kit Harrington got so into it he actually punched Ramsey's oh, actor in the face. That's acting. Yeah, on action. That's acting, baby. So, yeah. So then, so basically, they reclaim Winterfell. Okay. the The banners are hung. Starks own it again. And then the episode ends with Sansa feeding Ramsay to his own dogs, and just like the dogs eating his face off. And then what's so great is like as as Ramsay starts to get attacked by his own dogs, uh-huh. Sansa starts to look away, and she goes. She's like, no, I'm going to look. And she just stares at him as he gets eaten by the dogs. And then she turns around and walks away. And right before the camera goes black and the season's and the episode's over, she smirks like she's happy that he's dead. And it cuts. <laughs> so good. So good. So, yeah. And, I, and then, of course, you get the whole thing with Cersei blowing up the church, like I said. Yeah. And, and Tom and Diane. So basically, by the end of that season, now Cersei is the queen of the Seven Kingdoms because her, her, all of her kids are dead. All of her yeah. kids are dead. There's also this whole plot that I didn't mention where she sends Jamie to go to Dorne to reclaim their daughter, and she dies too, and all this stuff. I think but, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then you get to season seven. Season seven, like I said, a couple shorter episodes. Season seven, you really start to see more of like Daenerys like being a little... Um, descent into like? madness? She's Yeah, she's her descent into madness. She's kind of be more... She, she's burning people alive. Her advisors are telling her, don't do this, and she's doing stuff anyways. Um, you have John. Who John? They've, they've they've proclaimed John the king in the north, but John's like, I gotta go meet with Daenerys, this this queen of dragons, and I gotta convince her to come help us fight the Night Walkers. He goes, he renounces his kingship, he pledges her as the queen of the Seven Kingdoms, which pisses off Winterfell because they wanted John to be the king of the king, but he he pledges it towards Daenerys, and he convinces her that they need to do this. So they decide that they're going to go and they're gonna go north of the Wall and they're gonna capture a white. To take the White back to Cersei to convince Cersei that the White Walkers are real. They want to get Cersei and King's Landing to fight with them against the White Walkers. Yeah. And they end up, they go there. This is where Daenerys looses her dragon across the wall. And like I said, the, the Night's King ends up, or Night King ends up getting his own dragon, uh, which is awesome. But uh, And then they end up taking the White back to Cersei and trying to convince her. And what's crazy is... They manage to convince Cersei the White Walkers are real. And Cersei says, I will only help you fight against the White Walkers if Jon Snow pledges me that he will 
he will acknowledge me as queen after it's over. She says, I'll only trust Jon Snow because I know Jon Snow is like his son. Or, or Jon like Snow is father. like his father. Right. And he is honorable and he will not lie to me. And then as they're about to ally with Cersei, Jon, he just can't help it. And he's like, no, I won't acknowledge him as king. <laughs> He's like, well, I can't he's honorable lie. in that sense because he holds true he's to like, his feelings. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I can't lie. And then afterwards, Daenerys is like, Are you an idiot? Daenerys is like, Why couldn't you just lie? Like Davos is like, Son, you really need to learn how to lie. And he's like, I can't. I can't do it. He's like, I won't do it. So then, um, I can't. Then, I can't Tyr- do it. then Tyrion. Sure this voice. Tyrion goes and convinces Cersei on his own to join them, and Cersei says she will. After all that, she says she will. Well, then as soon as they go back to Winterfell, Jamie's like, All right, I'm getting the troops ready to go to Winterfell, and Cersei's like, What are you doing? Doing? Jamie's like, well, we're going to go help at Winterfell. And Cersei's like, I was lying. We're not helping them. And Jamie's like, at this point, Jamie's had like such a heart change. Jamie's like, I gave them my word that I would help them fight at Winterfell. And she's like, I don't care. You know, screw them. And uh, Jamie's like, I'm going. I don't care if I go alone. I'm going to help them. I gave them my word. And he does. Nice. He goes, Jamie goes all the way to Winterfell alone to help them. And when he shows up, there's this whole like little trial where Daenerys is like, you stabbed my father in the back. And, you know, you, you're with Cersei, like, should I kill you? And, and, and then they convince, ma- managed, luckily, like, Tyrion and everyone manages to convince Daenerys, like, he came here to help us fight the White Walkers, despite Cersei lying. Like, he's here and he's telling Oh, yeah. Man, so, I'm intrigued right now. Keep going. Yeah, so so at that point, like, everyone's at Winterfell. That's the end of, or we're at the end of Season 7. Okay. Um, season 7 ends with um, the White Walkers march up to the Wall. And then the Night King flies in on his dragon. And there's this really cool, almost video gamey looking shot where the whole screen is it's the Night King and he's on the dragon flying in the air. And it's he's like hovering up and down. It looks really badass. Okay. And he suddenly breathes fire and he destroys the wall that's been protecting, you know, that the wall goes down. Wow. <laughs> and then suddenly freaking uh the night king and all and the giant the giant that's been turned into a white walker all of the white walkers all the night uh the whites start marching across the wall and making their way to winterfell and that's where season seven ends is them making it wow so then you get to season eight and it's season eight season eight basically it's just setting up for the big battle season eight you have um at this point several people or, or uh who is it bran and samuel tarley both know that john is actually the son of a Targaryen. Okay. And so you start uh, in the beginning of the season, Daenerys finds out and Daenerys begs uh, John to not tell anybody. And John's like, I have to tell people because I'm honorable. So he ends up telling everyone. Everyone ends up telling. Everyone finds out that it's John. And now there's this big problem between Daenerys and John because Daenerys knows that if people know he's uh, a true heir, they'll want him to be king instead of her. And John also. Like he in season seven they have a romance. Well, in season eight, now that he knows he's a Targaryen, he knows that he's related to her, yeah. and he's he's honorable. He's like, I'm sorry, we can't be together anymore. Like I don't I don't believe in incest is basically what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's like, so he won't be with her. So now Daenerys is starting to get even more despaired because she's worried about her claim to the throne and the man she loves, Jon Snow, won't be with her anymore because and she doesn't mind the incestuous stuff because the entire lineage of the Targaryens is incest, but right. John's above that, you know. Mm-hmm. So whatever. So basically, right before the White Walkers show up in episode two of Winter of of uh before they show up for the Battle of Winterfell, he tells her that he is, you know, that's when he kind of reveals that he's a Targaryen. There's that that thing between them. There's also this really great moment, Josh. I know you're gonna love this episode when you get to it. It's the second episode of season eight. Though we're like they're all they're all in Winterfell and like everyone's together and they're like, well, we're probably gonna die tomorrow. This is the end of the world. And it's like uh Davos 
Tyrion, Podrick. I don't know if you remember Podrick. I remember Podrick. Uh, Podrick, uh, Brienne, Jamie. They're all gathered around the fire. They're telling jokes. They're they're having this like this moment together. And then there's like Tormund's there, and Tormund says they start talking about knights or whatever, and Tormund's like, "Well, why don't you?" He's talking to Brienne because Tormund has this huge crush. On oh Brienne. yeah, the big you know woman that. still here or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. So. <laughs> So Tormund's like, are you a knight? And Brienne's like, no, I'm not a knight. And Tormund's like, well, why don't you become one? And she's like, you can't just become a knight. And then Tormund's like, why not? And 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 then Jamie's like, you have to be knighted by a knight themselves or whatever. Or you have to be knighted by a king, she says. And then Jamie's like, Jamie steps in. He's like, that's not true. You can be knighted by another knight. Let me show you. And then Brienne's like, holy shit. Brienne's like, what? Aww. And then he's, he, tells, he tells Brienne to get down on one knee. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, in all seriousness... In front of everyone by the fireplace, he knights Brienne and makes her a knight. And she stands up with tears in her eyes and has the biggest smile on her face ever. It gives me goosebumps oh, thinking about it. Dude, that's awesome. Moment. Such a sweet moment. That's awesome. So, yeah, so that's the end of episode two. And okay. at this point, Josh, you can go to Rotten Tomatoes if you want backup. At this point, every single episode of Game of Thrones, this is se- this is episode two of season eight. Okay. All fresh tomatoes, all highly ranked episodes. Then you get to season you get to the third episode of season eight, or yeah, final season. And this is the episode where they fight the White Walkers, where it's too dark. I already okay. talked about this earlier yeah. in the episode. The whole fight goes out. Arya kills the Night King. That's all resolved. That episode gets the lowest score an episode's ever gotten Rotten Tomatoes. It's still fresh. It gets like a 71. It's not a certified fresh tomato. It's like a 71 out of 100. Okay. And people were kind of like, uh, eh, the episode was dark. I don't know if I was satisfied. How is the Night King dead already? I don't like that Arya killed him, blah, 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 all this stuff. Well, so then people were like, holy shit. Night King's dead. Yeah. I thought the White Walkers was going to be the final climactic moment of the show, but there's still three episodes left. What's going to happen, and how can they resolve this in three episodes? I remember you calling well, me, guys. I, I remember literally having a conversation with Brian after this episode, like a day or so after, and Brian's telling me just what happened and the reaction. I remember at, the, at that point in time, you said something like you really enjoyed it, and I was like, well, that's that's weird. It seems like the buildup of the whole series was kind of leading up to this this battle, but now there's still more left, and you were like, I don't know what they're going to do to yeah. like how it's going to resolve with some big bang. Cause you thought that was going to be the big bang. And I was yeah. like, Whoa, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so basically you get to the fourth episode of season eight and now, you know, they're basically first they bury their, they set their, they bury their dead. You know, they basically pay the respects. Isn't that a band? Not, what's that? Isn't that a band? Bury your dead. I think it might be. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and then they, and then after that, they all celebrate that they're still alive um, Jamie and Brienne and Tyrion play this game where they like ask a question if it's if it's true if they ask a question and it's true you have to drink. Well, they're playing this game and Tyrion looks at Brienne and he's like, "You're a virgin." And then Brienne's like, she doesn't want to answer it. Once Jamie finds out that Brienne's a virgin, Jamie wants to he wants to have sex with her so that okay. she can experience what it's like to yeah. you know. So that ends up happening. Jamie sleeps with Brienne. And they have this like they have this thing which is kind of cool. Um, well, I remember getting that vibe in season two, so it's nice to know that that kind of there's some kind of yeah. fulfillment there with that romance. Yeah, and then um, as they're celebrating, everyone starts thanking John for like what he does, and like Tormund stands up and he makes a proposal, and he's like, "John rode an effing dragon. Who who can ride an effing dragon? Only this man." And you see Daenerys in the corner; she starts starting to get really upset because. Everyone across the narrow sea loved her. Everyone over there loved her. But as she's come over to the Seven Kingdoms, nobody knows her. It's nobody a knows her. Strange land. Yeah. So people aren't really loving her. Like they're not showing her love. 
she's discovered that John is actual the true heir. John doesn't love her like romantically anymore, and she's over in the corner and she's starting to get really ticked Jealous, off. And yeah. you can see you can see Varys also. Varys looks over at Daenerys, and Varys is starting to realize like I don't know if Daenerys is like the right person to rule anymore. And like so, as this as the rest of the season goes on, these last three episodes, she manages to lose another dragon in the battle with uh, basically um, Euron Greyjoy. From the Greyjoys, he's allied with Cersei, and he ends up shooting one of her dragons out of the air. And at this point, so we're building, we're building here. We're you know, two episodes left. You know, Daenerys is already kind of a tyrant. Um, no one loves her. John is the true heir. John doesn't love her romantically anymore. She's lost two dragons. She's still not the queen. She's at this point, she's so close to a breaking point. Well, um, then. They steal. They manage to steal. Um, do you remember um, the Grey Worm's love interest? The uh, what's her name? Uh, Missandei. I think Not so. Melisandre. No, I, Sande, I think the, I remember. The black girl with the curly hair. That's like the right one right. of. Yeah, she Earth. was in a, a few Fast and Furious films. She gets stolen by Cersei, and uh, Daenerys shows up outside of King's Landing to get her back, and. They try to reason with her. Tyrion tries to reason with his sister, mm-hmm. and Cersei has the mountain cut Missandei's head off right no. in front of Daenerys. Yeah, she it's was right in front of Grey Worm too, who's oh. in love with her. And at that moment, like Daenerys was so close to her breaking point, that was it. Like, there's like Amelia Clark does a great job of conveying it with her face. She's so face. Her face is so expressive. Yeah, she conveys it in that <laughs> yeah. moment. She's like, it's basically like, okay. You just you broke the camel's back like it's this shit's going down now. Yeah. So then you get to the second to last episode, which is called the Bells. So this is where um, Daenerys and her army go in to fight King's Land against Cersei and King's Landing. Okay. Um, beginning of the episode, she burns Varys alive because Varys um, is trying to turn everyone against Daenerys. Varys is Varys is realized. I'm glad he's there that long at least. But wow. Yeah, he's he's there all the way to the end. Um, Varys has realized that John would be a much better king and that Daenerys is not level-headed, so he tries to get it, convince everyone that John should be the king. And then Daenerys starts having his little birds, or not Daenerys, I'm sorry, Varys starts having his little birds try to poison Daenerys. He tries to have her killed okay. because he knows that she's going to be a tyrant. And the thing is, all the way to the end, Varys says, like, his the thing he cares about is the realm. He wants what's best for the realm. He doesn't care about who's king or whatnot. So he's trying to poison Daenerys. Well, Tyrion, because he's still Tyrion's still underneath Daenerys, he's still oh, believing no. Tyrion has to go and tell on Varys. Oh yeah, he's like he's like, I, I gotta be honest with you, like he's trying to go against you, he's you know, he's trying to poison you, like Fuck, man. And it sucks because and, and Varys knows it too, and right before Varys is gonna get burned alive, Tyrion goes up to Varys and he's like, you know, I'm really sorry, you know, and, and Varys is like, I understand. <sighs> I understand Damn. you did what you... Varys is like, I understand you did what was best. I really hope... And then right before Varys right dies, he's like... Yeah. Right before Varys dies, he tells Tyrion, he's like, I really hope at the end of this, you were right and, and, and this was the right move. Because I'm... Basically, he's saying, like, it's worth being burned alive for if you're right and, like, Daenerys is the one who's going to bring peace. But if I'm... I hope I'm not... I hope you're not wrong. So then, goes into the whole King's Landing battle and they managed all of... um. All of her advisors, all of Daenerys' advisors, uh, uh, Tyrion, John, they all managed to convince her if they ring the bells at King's Landing, admitting defeat and throwing down their arms, will you promise that you'll stop attacking the city and just take, just become queen and just stop attacking the city? They managed to convince her, yes, they'll do that. So they go and they fight, they go to fight King's Landing and they're winning easily because she's got the Northmen, she's got the Unsullied, she's got the Dothraki, she's got her dragon. 
they're completely sacking King's Landing. There's no hope. There, people are being burned alive, and they ring the bells. And it's not Cersei who rings the bells. Cersei won't give up power, but they ring the bells. And when they ring the bells, um, Daenerys stops. She's on her dragon. She lands on top of a building, and she realizes the bells are being rung, and she realizes that she promised that she would quit attacking if they would just throw in the towel. All the all the troops have laid down their arms. John and and, and uh, Grey Worm have stopped fighting because they see that all of Cersei's army has stopped fighting. And there's this moment where it gets it's got this like a, it's on Daenerys's face, and she sees that she's about to become queen, and she suffered so much, and no one loves her, and she see and people are running scared she's from alone, her as she's right? burning Basically. the city down. She's alone. She's alone. And she, she has this moment where her face, you can see she audibly snaps. And she just basically just says, screw it. And she flies deeper into the city and just starts burning innocents alive. Just starts burning them. Okay. And she just starts killing everybody. And then John is like, goes to John Blazed Snow. It. He's like, John Snow's like, <gasps> it's like almost like he swallows. He's like, he's like air trapped in his throat. He's like, holy shit. Like, she's just burning women and children alive for no reason now. Right. And then Grey Worm, since he's loyal to Daenerys, he's like, Screw it. He picks up his spear and he just throws it right into Cersei's army. And John's like, no. And then they start fighting. There's just so much bloodshed and death. Uh, Jamie makes it up to Cersei and the, he finds an underground passage, whatever. He gets up to Cersei, finds her. Um, and they both know they're about to die. Cersei and Jamie are like, they're, you know, they're both sad. They're holding each other. Um, she ends up burning the, uh, what do you call it? Like the throne room down that they're in. Uh, Rubble falls down, kills Jamie and Cersei. Um, also, we get what everyone wanted, Clegane Bull. You get to see the Hound going up against the mountain in a one-on-one battle. Yeah. They fight on the stairway. There's like this whole fight, and it basically ends with like how the Hound cannot kill the mountain. He's like stabbed him in the freaking brain, and he's not dead. And eventually, the Hound just runs. Isn't he like a zombie speed. kinda? Half, half alive, half okay. zombie, almost. Yeah. Frankenstein. And. The hound basically just runs, grabs him, (laughs) and knocks him off into a fiery pit. So it's kind of like poetry almost. It's like the hound dies by killing his brother by falling into a giant pit of fire, which, you know, the hound was burned. His face was burned by his brother. You know, that's Uh, earlier in the show. Poetic justice. Yeah, so basically when that episode ends, you know, Cersei, Jamie are dead. The hound's dead. Um... Luckily, before the Hound died, he convinced... Because, you know, Arya was always have, building her list. And, like, Arya's like, I'm going to kill the queen. I'm going to kill Cersei. Um, the Hound convinces Arya. He, like, grabs her arm and he's like, all I know in my life is revenge. If you follow me, all there is for you is death. I know what I'm marching to. I'm marching... Basically, what he says, I'm marching to kill my brother. I'm going to die in this battle. I don't want that for you. Turn around now. So he manages to convince Arya this isn't worth dying for. So Arya turns around and she doesn't die. But, yeah, so the episode ends... And, you know, basically now the Lannisters are defeated and Daenerys is the queen. Well, then you get to the final episode of the series. This is the final episode. And what's really cool, dude, is there's this amazing shot. Maybe you've seen it going around on the internet. There's this shot where as Daenerys is walking out to all of her army to, like, announce that, you know, she's now queen. As she's walking out, her dragon lands behind her. And the wings go out on the dragon, and it looks like the wings are coming out of Daenerys. It's just really Ooh, cool. Like, I haven't seen that. Shot. That's yeah. cool. Um, and she basically announces to her army and everyone that, yeah, she's queen now, and she's taken over, but there's still people out there who haven't been liberated. The world's not the world's not done yet. So basically what she announces to everyone is, I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to go start burning other cities down. I'm going to go start taking over the rest of... I'm going to make sure everyone abides by my rules. And... Uh, 
at this point, Tyrion, Tyrion's disgusted by Daenerys. Tyrion goes right up to Daenerys and he takes his, he takes the hand of the king badge off of his cloak and he's like, he throws it down the stairs and he's like, I'm done following you. And she's like, you betrayed me and by letting your brother go. And, and he's like, you burned more. He's, she's, he's like, he's like, he says something about, he's like, my sister and my father, like they're awful or whatever, but you just burned thousands of men and children alive for no reason. Like basically, I don't care what you have to say. I don't bear, care if you kill me. So then Tyrion gets thrown in jail. Daenerys oh, is man. now the ruler okay. of King's Landing. It's the final episode. Um, Sansa doesn't like Daenerys. Arya doesn't like Daenerys. Jon Snow is still trying to do the right thing and obey Daenerys. And Jon goes to visit Tyrion because he knows Tyrion's going to be put to death because she burns everyone alive. Mm-hmm. And when he goes down there, basically Tyrion convinces Jon that she's going to be a worse tyrant than anyone they had before. And if you don't care about your own life enough or the, or, or the Seven Kingdoms, you know that Sansa and Arya are not going to bend the knee to Daenerys. So your sisters, your whole family is going to be killed if you don't do something about it. He basically tells John, he's like, she's in love with you. You're the only one that can get close. Wow, that sounds very much like what happened in season one with Eddard Stark. Yeah, yeah, basically. Wow. It is kind of kind of yeah, that. Jesus. And he's like, basically, you're the only one that's going to get close enough. You have to kill her. And Jon Snow's like, I can't, I'm not going to do this. And he's like, if you don't, you know, your sisters, everyone Fuck. you loved, it's, it's over. So... Basically, he goes up to the throne room, which is like destroyed now. The Iron Throne's still sitting there. Mm-hmm. The throne room's destroyed, and he starts talking to her, and she's like begging him to like let's let's rule together, you know, let's let's be in love. Who cares what they say, you know? Anyone? <laughs> she's like who, she's like anyone who song. says otherwise will die, and like she's and and then John's like um, she says we'll we'll make this world better, we'll make this world good, and John's like. Well, how do you know, John's like, how do we know that our version of good is the right version of good? How is their good not better? And she's oh, like, interesting. Our good, she's like, our good's better because it's us saying it. She's like, she's basically, she's dissenting wow. even further in, yeah, into Matt. Great argument. And then, so she you goes in to kiss me. John, and John kisses her, and as John is kissing her, he stabs her in the heart and kills her. So Daenerys is dead. Wow. And at that moment, okay. you hear like, off in the distance, you hear her dragon, like, realize that she's dead, and he flies up. He comes down and he lands, and John is just standing there, ready to be burned alive because he thinks he just killed Daenerys. He's like, "This dragon's gonna burn me alive. Yeah. Like, he's gonna kill me." And the dragon is like, you can tell. He looks down at his mom and sees that Daenerys is dead. And he looks over at John and he's like pissed, and he gets ready to breathe fire. And you think he's gonna kill John, but then he just starts breathing fire into the Iron Throne and melting the Iron Throne down and melting it into just ash. And basically, it's like the symbolic moment where like the dragon loved its mother. And can tell the only reason she's dead is because she was obsessed with this damn throne. Like, it's because of the Iron Throne. So he And he just keeps breathing fire onto this throne until it's just molten lava and ash and it's just gone. And the thing is, the, the, the throne was originally forged by a dragon. So it was like deforged by a dragon, which is so cool. Ooh. And then uh, the, the final, the last dragon, Drogon, he picks up Daenerys' body and he just flies off. Like, no one knows where he went. He just flies off of Daenerys' body. And then um, it kind of it kind of cuts time ahead a bit. Okay. And it doesn't show how John got imprisoned, but I think you can pretty much guess. Knowing John, after he killed Daenerys, he probably went and turned himself in. He probably went and said, <laughs> okay. "Like I was killed." So it kind of goes ahead jump. a little bit. Okay. What's that? I said interesting time jump. Yeah, a little bit of a time jump. John's in jail, okay. and all of the lords and ladies of Westeros have convened together to decide what they're going to do with John and what they're going to do with Tyrion because they're both in jail. Whatever, and. I'm glossing over a bunch of stuff here. Right. Basically, they decide that, you know, 
house house names are are part of the problem with like kings and queens like they're being house names yeah so they decide um that bran should be the king because bran is now the three-eyed raven he has history of all of westeros he knows what's happened in the past he knows what's best for the realm and bran can't have children anymore so if bran becomes the king he's not going to be interested in his own self-interest because he's the three-eyed raven and he can't have ki- he can't have children. So the Starks, it's not like the Starks are going to be the lineage of kings because Bran cannot have children. So Bran becomes the king. Um, once again, skipping ahead here, Bran becomes the king. They sentence John to the Wall. Um, uh, uh, Bran wants Tyrion to be his hand. So Tyrion's a hand. Um, you know, Bron, Bron the Black, Bron the uh, the mercenary that's always with Tyrion. Yeah, I liked him. He becomes the master of coin. Ooh. Uh, Brienne becomes the leader of the the Golden Company oh, wow. of okay. King's Landing. So she lives. Good. Um, and what's so cool, dude, you'll love this part, is because Jamie died. And even though Jamie was with Brienne, left her for his sister, and died, um, there's like earlier in the show, Jamie was saying how he wanted to have, he wanted to be remembered for good works and he doesn't have any. Well, at the end of the show, Jamie opens up the book and she writes all of the good deeds of Jamie. Down in the book, cool, which is so cool. Um, and, is it and, implied uh, at all that like maybe like she got pregnant from their session of like nah nah okay I was like nah, wondering if the okay the name no of, she she was the in legacy love with I can say if Jamie would live on it's it's cool though because when she writes in the book you can very much tell she's like she knows he like he was far from perfect and he was it was a tragic ending for him but he was a good man and, like so she files that stuff in and whatever okay. that's cool. Um, Davos becomes master of ships. Oh, he lives good. Um, good, good, good. Samuel Tarley becomes the uh, you know like Meister Passel, yeah, Pycelle from earlier. He becomes that role, where oh, it's like okay. master of like the the books and records and all that stuff. Makes sense. Kind of cool. Very is fitting. they write a they write a story of what's happened, and Sam shows the book to Tyrion, and the the book that of that they the game of is called the song. It's called the Song of Ice and Fire, ah! and Man. Tyrion starts to just Tyrion starts to just thumb through the pages, and he's like. Where am I mentioned? And then everyone, everyone uh, looks around, and then they look at Sam, and Sam's like, "Um, I don't actually think you're in the story. Like he's oh, not in the book. What the fuck?" And Tyrion just shuts it, like you know, basically, don't like, care. This is my life or whatever. <laughs> and what's I kind of love as they fade out. This is the last time you see these characters as they fade out from like the 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 table with all of them talking. They all start to kind of go into their typical tropes, like. Bronn's like, I think we need more brothels, and then Brienne's like, I think we could do with without brothels, and then and then Tyrion starts to tell a joke about a brothel, and then it just kind of fades out, and then it goes to John, and he's saying his goodbyes to Sansa and Arya and Bran. Um, this is where Arya says she's going to go west of Westeros. Um, Sansa's going back to be crowned the queen in the north. Um, Bran is, like I said, Bran's the king now. He's the king in King's Landing, but he's not really Bran. Like you'll realize when you finish the show and you watch the show, Josh. Bran, he his personality, he's his gone. identity is Bran. It's gone. He's just a soulless. He is the three eyed raven. But like in a good way, though, right? Like I mean, he kind of. I know you said way, he's like more kind of gray because he's like wanting to do what's best for the realm. But like, yeah, he 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 doesn't have any. He doesn't choose sides. He just does what's best for the world. Okay. But like Bran as a personality is not really existent anymore. Um, they actually have a scene earlier, like a season or two ago, where like somebody's like kind of thrown off by the fact that he doesn't have a personality of, of brand anymore but anyways so then um yeah she's queen she's uh sansa's you know queen of the north and then john goes back to the wall and i love i love how the show i love how it ends because 
he goes back to the wall, and as you know, the wall's been destroyed from the Night King earlier, so the wall's, like, half destroyed. And, like, the Night's Watch is still there, but the Night's Watch is... It's not really, like, as serious as it used to be, and the Wildlings are also there now. So when he shows up, Tormund and, and Ghost, his direwolf, are waiting for him. Like, so it's like he got... He got for killing Daenerys. Tormund he made got it. Okay. Jor- Tormund's the red-haired dude, right? Yeah. Tormund oh, he makes that. it. That's cool. Yeah. I think he's supposed so to be in like, The Witcher season two or something. So I'm. I'm yeah. Like so it. it's like even though because he killed Daenerys, he gets sent back to the Night's Watch. He gets sent back there, but he gets sent back there with his. They with send his him back to the Night Watch. The Night's Watch. So that's why he goes back. Damn. Because know. he killed Daenerys. Like, well, Grey Worm wanted him put to death, and then the Starks and everyone were like, "No, we're not putting John to death." But they couldn't let him go free, so they put him back okay. to the Night's Watch. I, yeah, I got But when he gets there, it's pretty evident. It's pretty evident when he gets there. He rejoins up with Tormund and the Wildlings and and, and Ghost. He he actually gets down on one knee and pets pets Ghost, which was big for fans because like we want him to pet Ghost. Okay. And uh, so the end of the the very end of the show is John and Tormund and Ghost and all the Wildlings going beyond the wall and just going out to live their days beyond the wall. And as they're going out. It pans very quickly past the snow, and it shows grass growing because winter is over. Winter's oh, done. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's the end of the show. The that the show. doesn't sound... I mean, there's a couple things there in that last season that sound iffy, but that sounds really cool. Yeah. Huh. Damn. Yeah, I, I love it. There's, there's things... I'm there, Brian, man. Perfect, dude, you would make a great dungeon master, I'm telling you. The theater of the mind stuff you put people through. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> that was impressive. I hope this episode's enjoyable for someone to listen to, because I feel like it was just me rambling. It's enjoyable for me, man. That was... Wow, mm. that was fucking cool. Uh, dude, we'll probably talk gonna, about the games, gonna, I don't know, another time, but yeah. Okay, let's... let's. Here's what we should do to make this episode end at two hours or sooner. Let's watch live the House of the Dragon trailer, talk about what we think about it, and get out of here. That sounds good, man. I, I kind of want to watch it now. So, And we'll call this episode Oddball, A Song of Ice and Fire. Sounds perfect, man. Okay, so I got the video brought up. Yep. Okay. Okay, on, on when you say one. Okay. Three, two, one. All right, guys. So we're watching the trailer for the prequel series to Game of Thrones coming to HBO soon next year, uh, House of the Dragon. It's this- 200 years before Game of Thrones. It's about the Targaryens. It's got Matt Smith from... Uh, Doctor Who. I'm sure if you're interested at all in the show, you've probably already seen the the trailer, but we're watching it right now. So, Brian, uh, what did you think though when you like you flipped out, right? Oh, when I saw this, yeah, because I was I was reading about it the day before the trailer went live, and then it went live, and I'm like, holy shit! Do you know she's supposed to be that girl that's there? Uh, she's a Targaryen. She's one of the leads of the show, but I don't really know okay. much to be honest. Who's what he, love, who's Matt Smith playing? Like, is anybody? He's a Targaryen as well. I don't I don't know their names at the top. Okay. Okay. But what I love is it looks like more Game of Thrones. It's the same aesthetic and everything. You it know? does. And I like the throne here. It's before the... Look at that. It's got all the other blades. Yeah. That's so, cool. that's so neat. And this just came out four days ago. Yep. Well, yeah, the so not, trailer did. <laughs> not a lot there. I saw some people think make fun of it because it's called Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. But they got to have that familiarity. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Otherwise, people are going to be like, the fuck is this? It looks like Game of Thrones. And then someone's like, well, it yeah. is. And they're like, well, <laughs> that doesn't say... So but, can't win either way. I know. I'm super excited. Like I would say definitively that's my most excited show next year if it wasn't for the fact the Lord of the Rings show is coming out next year. But <laughs> I know. I'm but so wow, stoked I, for I keep, the Dragon. I, dude, I, it's amazing how much keeps popping in my head that is coming out in 2022. I mean, new Indiana Jones. Like we were talking, guys, just for example, I mean, 
that you look at that. So you got Game of Thrones, you got Lord of the Rings. You'll probably have a new season of The Witcher. You'll have more Star Wars. Yep. You'll have uh, new Indiana Jones. You'll have tons of games. Tons of new games coming out. I mean, everything. And plus all the the Marvel shit we're gonna get next year. And I it's mean, crazy. It's Can't crazy it. how much it's gonna be just a fucking flood of content. But anyway, about that, Brian. What are you hoping to see in that show? Speculation-wise, what do you think the narrative story is going to be? I mean, this is 200 years. It feels like they they can kind of tell whatever story they want. Honestly, all I want from House of the Dragon is more of those deep characters and that intrigue. You know, like, that's that's one thing, and I, I can concede with people who, you know, weren't the biggest fans of the end of Game of Thrones. Um, in the first four seasons, there is so much depth to those, like, conversations between two people where they're both trying to outsmart each other, and the scene will just go on for like five, six. You forget minutes how much time has passed because you're so like intrigued. they just yeah. go. They're just everyone's so smart and so keen. By the time it gets to the end of the show, there's so much more importance put on the White Walkers, the dragons, the the final battles. That there's less of that. Okay. So if House of the Dragon can just give me good, interesting characters that have good, interesting conversations and dialogue, I'm gonna be in. I don't need it to do anything more than that. And the thing is. It's based on the book Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin, which is completed. So however long this show goes, it's got a complete beginning, middle, end. It's done. It's, oh, it's so this is still an adaptation. It's not just original. Like Yeah, like, this book's already out. Interesting. Book, yeah. Okay. So Very interesting. It's finished, though. So there is going to be, for people who complain about it not following like the book material, it's all there. Like it's, it's Is it done. one book? Yeah. It's just one huge book, yep. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. If you had he managed guess, to get that done before he finished the actual main Yeah, series. if you had to guess. how much. Also, Josh, I forgot to mention... The final book, which, you know, he hasn't even finished the second to last book, but the final book is called A Dream of Spring, which makes the ending so cool that you see the grass pop up in yeah. the snow. Yeah. You know, no, that's pretty spring. cool. He's like, ah, yeah. the last page of my book, there's going to be grass that sprouts from the ground. I'm like, okay, yeah. yes, good to know. Uh, how long, but, how, if you had to guess, Brian, how many how many seasons do you wager House of Dragons will be? Uh, less than five. I'm going to say three or four. Okay. Okay. Probably. Interesting. And if that manages to do really well, I'll probably, I'll probably do another spinoff. If it doesn't do that well, they'll probably just put Game of Thrones to rest for a bit. Man. I guess. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. Like, there's a part of me that wants to believe there's such a huge fan base for Game of Thrones still out there that they're just kind of being quiet right now. Mm-hmm. But the other part of me is going, man, it seems like no one really cares. So I'm kind of surprised that they managed to get House of the Dragon out. I hope it doesn't suffer budget-wise because of that. But, dude, I'm there for it. I'm there for it. It looks like it's, yeah, it's right up that same alley of quality, man. Yeah. And uh, more of what I love. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, since we got a few minutes, we're gonna try to go for two hours. I will say about the video games. Brian and I have not played the uh, Game of Thrones game from Atlas. I think it was developed by them, so we don't know too much about. Yeah, it's that. like a movie, like, kind of like a movie tie-in type. Yeah, game, you play as like but. two different protagonists, one on the the watch, I think one in the in King's Landing and stuff like that. Um, haven't played that one, but then there's the Telltale game, which Brian played some of. I I, I beat myself. I think actually just before Brian's wedding, it was right before or after, but. Uh, I love that yeah, game. I never got to finish it. Played as House Forrester. I'm not even sure if it's fully canon now, but uh, I thought that game was fantastic and it left me wanting more. And it was so dark. Certain, it did the same thing with characters that were nice and likable, would get killed in the most horrific ways. And yeah. it always began with an intro, just like the show. And you felt like you were watching and participating in the show. I mean, it's so well done. Exactly the way I would want to play a Game of Thrones game. So Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love the franchise, dude. I, I, like, I think there's a bunch of fair criticism to be made. I think there's a bunch of ones that have been made that are completely unfair. I think they both exist, but for me, dude, I just love okay. it. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's the, it's my favorite IP underneath Lord of the Rings. It goes Lord of the Rings, then Game of Thrones, and yes, I want to say it just for all of you. I want to just rub it in. I love it more than Halo. I love it more than Halo. <laughs> so like, I would trade. Yes, I would trade the original Halo trilogy 
if that's what it took to keep Game of Thrones. Oh damn, Game of Thrones. Oh damn. Yeah, like I, I like Game. I'm older now. Game of Thrones is something I'm more interested in. I love Game of Thrones. It, I, of course, I love Halo. I don't want to give it up, but I like Game of Thrones more than Halo. Like just barn. I gotta ask you this, like yeah. when when Infinite's like really popping out. I just gotta see because I'm sure you'll ask say the it, same. Dude, I guarantee. Yeah, I gotta see, thing. man. I gotta see. But uh, what's your top? What's your top three favorite seasons? And what's your top three favorite characters? Top three favorite seasons is season one, season four, and season six. Season one because it's perfect and it's the beginning. Right. Season four because I would say objectively it's kind of the best. It's it, season four has like no mistakes. It's like mm-hmm. just you got super high quality. You know, the Oberyn fight, Joffrey's death, Tyrion's all that stuff. Um, and then season six, Battle of the Bastards, uh, at John coming back from the dead, amazing stuff. Um, top three characters: Jon Snow, Tyrion. Mm, Who would be my third? Eddard Stark. It might be Eddard. <laughs> it's hard because I'm, I'm sure by the end of it, you get it's probably it's probably forgettable in a way. I'm surprised they had the restraint. They never once brought him back at any flashback. Okay, I, yeah, that's actually something good to talk about because I was always hoping that was going to happen in some way. Never happened, and it never did. The only thing a lot we of got thought there'd be an undead Eddard in the. That's final. what I was wondering because the only thing we got was the younger version in that kind of like time travel thing with Bran or whatever, right? Where it was like a young Eddard. Yeah, young Eddard. You yeah, you never nothing Sean Bean related ever crops up past season. Yeah, one I, will, I, man, and my mom, she that was her favorite character, and she loved Sean Bean, and because of that, yep. and every time she'd see the intro and it'd get to Winterfell, and she'd tell me about how much she loves him. I mean, every single episode, she's like, I just miss him so much. She's like, I just, I always think of him when I see this intro and everything, and it was so sweet. And oh man, yeah, I always thought he was gonna come back somehow. I always was just hoping we'd see the return, but just, it just feels good to rewatch. Season one and, and watch uh, Lord of the Rings before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus, and so. he always dies in the most horrific He's way. He's always dying. Yeah, damn. But no, if I now to to do, pull a Brian move, if I was going to give you my rankings per the seasons, okay, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go subjective, not objective. This is just how I feel. Okay. okay? Season one through four, all tens, all tens. Okay. Just simple, subjectively. Season five, eight. Season six, nine. Season seven. Seven, and season eight, seven again. Seven again. Okay. Someone else. Yeah. Is like, so, Whoa, that's a four, buddy. <laughs> no, they're probably like that's a one. <laughs> yeah, no. you're probably no, right. I, I mean, I'm wrong. Because season eight, for despite the fact that season eight didn't have enough episodes and went a little too quick, mm-hmm. it gave me resolutions that I loved for my characters. It had great moments. It, it, it's obvious a lot of money was spent. It's a beautiful season. Okay, well, let's of, close this out. Some, walking me through so the episode you see it air, it ends. What's Brian doing? Like, are you standing? Do you do you get up out of your chair and do you just stand up and walk back and forth? Do you call somebody? Do you Game of Thrones is over? Yeah, the, the moment that you close the credits. It felt I don't know. I think it felt it kind of felt empty. I was Melancholy. actually it's interesting. Um, this was so this was before I got married and we had just I had moved into our rental house alone recently, so the house was pretty much empty. So I was sleeping on a futon and I was in this house alone in West Virginia. And I was watching the final episode of Game of Thrones on my phone. I didn't. It wasn't my TV or anything. <laughs> Crazy. So I finished it, and I was just like, "Wow!" Thank you, technology. Like, like it's hard to process that this show's over. Like that. That's it. Like I asked. Myself, I also had more questions still. Like I was like, I was like, "Who really is the Three Eyed Raven?" You know, what? What? I I kind of wanted more background to the. I kind of want to know more about the Night King and the Children of the Forest. But the thing is. It is kind of answered already, but I still want to know more. Like, I mean, I don't think you got far enough, but they reveal in a flashback, like, basically what happened is the first the first men 
way back in the beginning of like you know the the canon of this of Game of Thrones, uh, the first men were attacking the children of the forest, and the children of the forest had been living there. Children of the forest are literally like little green people, little green kids, uh, forest kids. They had been living there first, and the the first men came over and were killing the children of the forest, and the children of the forest were losing, and they didn't know what to do, so they they took a piece of dragonstone. And they used magic and pressed the Dragonstone into a human and created the Night King. And the Night King oh. then created the other White Walkers and the... the Because uh, the White Walkers themselves are created from... The Night King turns humans into White Walkers that are alive. Like you know, That's why uh, Craster in Season 4, he, he sacrifices the babies. He gives those babies to the Night King. Because he, he turns the babies into White Walkers. But then you have the Whites, which are just undead that he reanimates. You know, dead people Interesting. So basically... You know, the Night King was created by the Children of the Forest to fight the First Men, but then the Night King and the Undead end up being more formidable than the First Men, so then the First Men have to work with the um, the Children of the Forest to push the Night King and the White Walkers back to the to beyond the Wall. So then, because basically, basically all, by the time we get to Game of Thrones, like current time, the Children of the Forest are all gone. And, you know, the, the White Walkers are the biggest threat that's ever been seen. Wow. Um, there's also this really cool theory that's never, you know, it's, who knows if it'll ever be proven. I mean, George R. R. Martin would have to write it. Um, but there's this theory that, you know, everybody worships, like, in the show, there's all these people that worship, like, the Lord of Light. And the Lord of Light's the one that brings Jon Snow back and stuff. There's this theory that the Lord of the Light doesn't actually exist. It's just Bran going back in time and changing events. Oh, I was going to say, wasn't he a character that's a lo- alive a lot longer in the books? Who? The one dude I think he takes over. Like he's in there for a little bit in like season two or three. But I think he gets like kind of killed off and then he's in the books a lot longer. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what character you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I swear he got called referred to as that. I, but it's been a while. Oh, the three eyed raven? No. I don't know. I'm forgetting. I'm oh. forgetting his name. Okay. Anyway, anyway, well, but fine. then you have also in the books, what what's what's her name? Um Caitlin Stark is like what's she called in the books? Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, truth be told, like um, they, they, there's a character, there's another character in the book that they just fused into Sansa. Oh. So, like, a lot of stuff that happens to Sansa happens to this other character in the book. Oh, okay. But the one thing that gives me a little bit, like, I can't say because I didn't read the books. I only read, like, half of the, a bunch of the first book. But Erica's read them all. And Erica said, Erica's a huge, you know, book nerd and she reads so She's more books. of a b- She's, book purist than a... Yeah, she said by the time she got to the, the last book that was released of Game of Thrones, she said there's too many characters, it becomes a problem. It's like, it's just... It's actually making the book worse. Oh, okay. Because there's just, she just says there's just, I mean, because you think about the characters in the show, there is way more in the book okay. than the show. So. Well, I definitely wasn't, yeah, I, did, I don't know. definitely didn't enjoy, like when I was reading the first book, jumping around so much. I just don't, I don't prefer that, uh, just yeah. in a lot of books. So, yeah. As a, as a, as a final thing, um, it's my favorite show of all time, my second favorite universe. I would give the show as a whole a nine out of 10. You know, it's it's not perfect, so I can't. And there's no such thing as a perfect show, but like it, it makes enough mistakes, it can't be a ten. But it's it's a nine out of ten. I love it. Uh, completely respect people who don't like the show, and respect people who will never come around to it. But I just would like what I don't respect is when it's like really you know crazy criticisms that are like, come on now, be real here. Like, and the people who tell me that like because of the last three episodes, the show now owes them all their time they spent watching the eight seasons before. I'm like. You were entertained. You enjoyed it. You bought the merch. It's just—it's not real, anyways. It's all make believe. Like just, just have fun. You I think the I mean? beautiful just, thing is it. that everyone was so emotionally invested into the show that they could get so yeah. upset or get so it's excited. The la- truly, the last water cooler show, the last one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nothing like that anymore. No. So. No. Um, 
But yeah, Josh, that's all I have to say. Uh, if we want to get out of here, no, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I can't wait to you, you made me want to watch it, Brian. Uh, you guys got to let, let let Brian know because because Brian doesn't get to talk about this stuff a lot because most people, as soon as the conversation turns to Game of Thrones, people immediately jump into why they didn't like the finale, why they didn't like the show, and while Josh, that's that totally valid, one, while that's the prequels prior to the sequels, yes. that was how they treated you. Yeah, while that's totally valid, totally understandable. You know, it immediately kills Brian's buzz because he's just, you know, he's wanting to talk about why he likes it and stuff like that. So if there's any of you listening that feel that same way, please let Brian know at Brian's Bane. Josh, I want to ask you this now before we get out of here, just so when you actually watch it, we can come back to this moment. Sure. When I was relaying the story to you, off the top of your head, what strikes you as the worst thing about how the show resolved? Uh, I don't like that somehow, like right in the last, like the second to last episode, basically like after Daenerys is killed and pretty much everyone is like, yeah, this bitch is whack. That... (laughs) That everyone's like, oh yeah, we still got to hold court and trial for Tyrion and John. It just seems so. You would think by that point they'd be like, fresh start, let's hit reset. But yet they still adhere to these old rules. You know, it's just strange to me. Yeah, but I have to see the context. I think it's it's because all of all of Daenerys's army is still around despite her being dead. So they kind of have to do that because the Unsullied and all the Dothraki, all of them are still there. Uh, If they don't go through the motions, like I said, I got to see in context because when you say that, when you say that, that makes a lot more sense actually. So. Yeah, and to be fair, I think I don't think there's anybody out there who would say that if the show had an extra ten episodes thrown in the middle somewhere, it would have helped. You yeah, know, it would have given because, like, for instance, you know, like I think Daenerys, you know, her turning mad, I think it was clearly telegraphed. Well, I think it made a lot of sense. But if they could have given her another four or five episodes, that would have been good. And I could see how the uh, Battle of Winterfell thing is like underwhelming in one sense. But I think because I'm so used to like knowing that it's a thing now, like how it happened, yeah, I've just acclimated to that, so I don't think yep. about it now. But like I can see how that was kind of upset because it does feel like the show's building to it. But you said it was almost like a whole episode. It's it's well it's 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 like ninety pure minutes of battle. yeah. I mean, so I yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I, essentially, you probably get as much you probably get as much battle with the White Walkers as you do with Sauron almost in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. If I'm being honest, screen time wise, but I mean, it makes sense. I, and I think. I mean, the thing that people thought for the longest time was like, oh, I get it. This show is about, you know, everyone's worried about their own political intrigue and their own their own stuff. But in the meantime, in the background, the White Walkers are coming and that's the real threat. You know, that kind of was true, but it was also kind of something else. It was like, yeah, the White Walkers were the real threat. But in the end of the, at the, end of the day, like all their bickering and, and over power and rule is still what caused the most damage. It was still the biggest issue of the show. It was that, and that's what's so great. Well, I do like that. It sounds like it still came down between the the triple threat of like uh, the Starks, the Lannisters, and the Targaryens. You know, like it really came down to those three families, everything everything kind of like once Robert Baratheon dies, everything kind of like opens up, and then there's all the power struggle, and then it slowly, well, it goes, spreads out for a while, and then comes back pretty quickly from the sound of it to this these core three and then that stuff kind of gets resolved so it feels like because of the events that happened a lesson was actually learned because if you go back to if you go to the origins of the series like i said with the children of the forest the first men come Mm -hmm. and the first men want to rule they want to be in charge they want to take over they kill they start killing the children of the forest it's because of that insatiable desire that need for the for the to be to rule and to take over to be in charge that the children of the forest created the Night Walker, the the White Walkers, and the Night King to begin with. So it's only because of the men's the man's like desire for rule and power that the that, that stuff even happened, and it's kind of come full circle now. Now that now that the white uh, the children of the forest are gone, the White Walkers are dead, and now How the children Daenerys of the forest been killed. Um, they were killed off by the 
They were being killed off by the first men, and then they were being killed off by the the. Was that the, the stuff on the Hodor movie? episode and everything? I can't remember. I'm talking. This is they were mostly oh, killed off okay. way before the show started. I got, I got you. But I got you, I got you. to your credit, there is one left. Yeah. In the show, but that one dies too. Okay. So. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, it's just kind of oh, full circle. Man, but anyways, awesome. Man, Erica told me. My wife told me, guys, before I started this episode, she said, "I know you and Josh. There's no way it'll only be 90 minutes." I said, "Babe." It's only over Game of Thrones. It's not Halo, and we want to make it a quick episode. There's no way it's going to go past 90 minutes. She was completely right. You have to right. hear about it to get off here. You but, were right. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We're so glad that you guys came and listened to us talk about Game of Thrones. Um, hopefully, it provided some interest for you. And I really hope that there's someone out there listening who says, "You know what? I used to love that show. I hope that Brian and Josh made me. You know, I hope maybe they. <laughs> I can't even trip it on my words. You can, guys. You can. I want you, you guys can. to say, "Let me give this another shot." Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. I would love to hear that. I hope that happens for some of you guys. Thank you for being here on the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always, keep it sacred.